Welcome back to the Iron Sights Podcast. In this episode, I've got my friend, Scott Peterson. Maybe some of you know him as uh, Veracity Solutions on Instagram. Scott was a lead coach on the Army Marksmanship Unit. He was also a competitor there for a long time. Some people know that, and then that's where he's come from. He's sort of new to the scene with regard to the business end of what he's doing in the distance shooting space. A lot of people know who he is. He's been putting out quite a bit of content lately and kind of collabing with some of the more or let's just say well-known guys in the distance shooting community specific to, you know, I think the nuance and a lot of the detail. So if you follow him or if you've seen some of his stuff, you know, this guy can go deep on a lot of things. I was less interested in talking about sort of the nerding out on distance shooting and more just finding out about what makes this guy tick, where he's coming from and how he's approaching his entry into this new distance shooting space. Not new to him, but new to the consumer. So Scott takes us on his journey, kind of where he came from, how he got here. He might surprise you at quite a few points during this uh, during this episode. He definitely did surprise me. I've had lots of conversations with Scott offline. I wanted to know more. And uh, this episode certainly did all that for me. So Scott's a fun guy. It's just a really fun conversation. And he drops a, a few knowledge nuggets and uh, some wisdom that uh, both the consumers, uh, the shooters, and the coaches out there take uh, what Scott has to offer. I think he's a really cool dude doing some really cool stuff. Enjoy this episode with Scott Peterson. Just need to take a couple minutes to thank the sponsors for today's show. You know, the older kids taught me a lesson early in life, and that was snitches get stitches. We kids wanted things we said and did in the absence of outside eavesdropping eyes and ears to remain private and secure within our little neighborhood tribe. After all, this information was private, and we were sworn to keep it secure so it didn't get exploited in the wrong hands. Nowadays, my private information has expanded beyond that little group of bike-riding marauders and now sits available on all my electronic devices. And that makes me feel pretty uneasy especially after having my phone and personal accounts hacked and taken advantage of. The reality for you and me is our laptops are never really off. Our phones hold our entire lives, including family and work, and everything from credit cards to passports contain RFID. All of this effectively makes those little items little snitches. And this makes us all vulnerable to having our digital lives stolen. It's time to put a stop to that. And this is where Silent comes in. That's S-L-N-T. Silent offers a range of sleek RFID-blocking wallets, EDC Faraday bags, travel gear, laptop sleeves, and key fob cases with the added protection of their patented Silent Pocket Faraday cage technology. This elite signal-blocking technology is the easiest way to instantly enhance your peace of mind around how your mobile devices are screwing your digital life up. My personal favorites are the Silent Faraday phone and laptop sleeve. They give me peace of mind by allowing me to completely disconnect from anything incoming and or outgoing, including things that that can negatively impact my financial, physical, psychological, and emotional health. So if you're looking for a solution to reclaiming your personal privacy, security, and health, go check out silent.com. That's S-L-N-T.com. You can follow them at GoSilent on Instagram and Twitter, and then use the code IRONSIGHTS at checkout for an exclusive discount. I want to tell you about Bioprotein Plus. It doesn't matter who you are, guys. It doesn't matter how you train, how good you eat. It's happening to all of us. Our HGH human growth hormone, the master hormone responsible for our workout recovery, our performance, our metabolism, and even our libido, it starts to go down. So that's where Bioprotein Plus comes in. It's the first of its kind non-synthetic alternative to prescription HGH hormone treatments. So how does that work? Well, you can get all the benefits of HGH without any of the needles, side effects, or irritating or annoying doctor visits. Best part is BioPro Plus, well, 
It works super fast, it's easy to use, and it's 100% safe. So here's what else you should know. If you listen to the show, then you know I'm pretty particular about what I put into my body. I understand the science behind the stuff, and having had my own experiences over the years, I wanted to find out a little bit more about it. So the BioPro Plus team sent me a 30-day supply. Super easy to do. It's liquid formula for the night and the morning. I hold the stuff under my tongue for about 90 seconds, and then I go ahead and swallow it. That's it. Here's what happened. Right away, quality of my sleep, better. My libido? through the roof. Recovery from my workouts was dramatically cut down and my overall sense of well-being was markedly different. And we're talking this happened within days, not weeks. The bottom line, this is the only change I made in my diet. I didn't change my workouts and my lifestyle during this little personal experiment is exactly the same as it was and I feel fucking amazing. All this with no needles, no prescriptions, and no weird shit to worry about like when using exogenous hormones or anabolics. And if you know, you know. Remember, this stuff is completely legal and totally safe. So if you want to fix the way you perform, look, and feel, go to www.bioproteintech.com or you can follow them at bioproteintech. When you get there, make sure to use code IRONSIGHTS for $30 off your order. Welcome to Iron Sights After Dark. During my 25 plus years in the fitness industry, I've always been passionate about expanding my physical, mental, and hard skills to be prepared for whatever life might throw at me. From fitness to firearms and beyond, taking a holistic approach to being prepared has led me on a journey to seek and share both knowledge and skills from expert resources in the civilian, LEO, military, and first responder communities. The mission of this podcast is to help others expand their capabilities and knowledge and preparedness while building strength in the community that shares similar goals and values. So ultimately, we contribute together and grow together. Scott Peterson, welcome to uh, Iron Sights Podcast, my dude. Hey. Thanks for having me, man. I'm super stoked to have you. I got, uh, so your Veracity uh, Solutions on Instagram, uh, there may not, like, you may not need a lot of introduction if you're into the distant shooting thing. People probably know who you are. Um, but if they're not into that, you're kind of a newcomer onto the scene for a lot of reasons with regard to like the social media thing and <laughs> kind of what's going on out yeah. there. I want to talk to you about that, but you are no newcomer to the scene of shooting and uh but there's a lot of other things i want to talk about i want to talk about a little bit of shooting today with you but i don't want to make it all about that i want to know about you and kind of what's been going on with you and how you kind of got to where you're at now and where things are going because i think it's an interesting story so well, i appreciate it i'm glad somebody finds an interesting. <laughs> well thanks for coming i mean i just a little background for for folks i met you last uh, may-ish mm-hmm. i was out um in blakely georgia at the arena shooting facility uh, was uh, was hanging out with um, with Fred and and Mike, and they were teaching a, a, a distance carving course out there, and uh, with a whole host of characters. <laughs> and uh, it's a good crew. yeah, I had no idea what to expect with regard to that. But by the time I was done with that, um, with that that week that I spent, you know, spent kind of traveling, I had met so much, so many good people, and so much talent, uh, kind of all concentrated in, in one place. It was a little overwhelming and it was very, very early kind of in the beginning stages of me understanding stuff. And you happened to be there that week, um, right? Like you, you'd come down and we got to spend a little time together, but it was like, a, it was kind of just this, this confluence of events. And so I've always wanted to sit down with you since, and here we are. 
Yeah, man, we've had a lot of phone conversations. Uh, <clears throat> that thing was last minute for me. It was like the day before, the evening before I told Mike, you know, hey, I'm going to come down. So all the things we've talked about, we're going to talk about them in person too, you know, and I got to see some of his course and meet you guys and Mark and a few other guys that I'd already knew that were there. And that was, uh, it's actually led me to more friendships. So now Mike and Fred, I try to talk to them as much as possible. Yeah, right. Uh, Mike's the more talkative one, but, uh, but yeah, they're, they're, I, I, I like them. They're good people. I don't know. You get Fred going on some stuff like, you know, outer space aliens, you know, what's <laughs> hey, going on under the ocean, you know, like, everybody's he, got their passion. Yeah. Uh, he'll, he'll get going. But, um, so just, you know, to kind of get it kicked off, thank you for taking time out. We're here at SHOT Show 2024. We're in Las Vegas. Uh, if either of you or anybody out there that listens to the show and, know, or, and or knows me and or knows Scott, it probably sounds like a. <clears throat> we've been sucking on a tailpipe for the last <laughs> couple of days. It's, that, it's so loud here. Everybody's screaming at one another and loud, loud places. So my voice is going. Yeah. Same. It's like, I feel fine. I don't have the crud yet, but yeah. <clears throat> you know, just being out yelling at, you know, during the day, trying to have conversations and go dinner or lunch, just even normal conversations yeah. is rough. So it, it's wild. So uh, yeah, bear with us. Um, you know, that said again, so that, that takes care of sort of the pleasantries. I want to, kind of just get right into this conversation to find out a little bit more about you. Like we've had lots of phone conversations and, and uh, you know, they've they're been in passing, you're driving somewhere, I'm driving somewhere and we're, we're trying to, you know, kind of, kind of handle a topic or something. But just to give a little background on you, you can start and finish this kind of wherever you'd like, but you've been heavily involved in the distance shooting scene for a very, very long time. And I want to get there, but I want to hear, how you got there. So shoot, dude. Yeah, man. So, uh, joined the Marine Corps in 2004 and, uh, just had grown up shooting, you know, hunting, didn't really, you know, do much with, uh, pistols or anything like that. Uh, I'd shot a pistol maybe two or three times growing up like 22s and stuff. And, uh, other than that, I got into, spent like one year where uh, we had the Alabama state games as they called it. So So it's like Alabama is where this started. Yeah. So it started in Alabama. Um, but, uh, when I was like 12, my grandfather took me into a range and we were messing around with some guns and then they were having like that weekend, they were having this competition. So as a kid, I went there, it was the only time I ever competed, but I was always, um, and I got like the, these four H girls just beat the crap out of me in this, <laughs> okay. in this little 10 yard or 10 meter, like air rifle. Like I'm shooting a pump 22, uh, Rossi pump 20, uh, 22. Oh, that's wild. That's wild. It's the first gun I got when I was 10 years old. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm shooting that thing and they're just, they're plank, 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 you know, with these 10 22s all souped up from uh, the little silhouettes is what we were shooting. Uh, anyway. So fast forward to, uh, from that, did that a couple of times and I, like I got beat, but then I went back the, the following year. So just, I only went back again and I want a gold medal with it, which is, you know, it was cool. It was only like, it was like 20 or 30 people competing, but it was cool. And, uh, but I've always been super competitive, even if football, baseball, you know, um, Hell, I even got into video games, like playing competitive land oh, tournaments right? and first-person shooters. I missed all that, man. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I can't have a hobby because it turns into an obsession. Yeah, an obsession. So, joined in 2004, did a few deployments, um, came back and got married, moved to Hawaii. And uh, I spent some time out there, went to the range one day, qualified on the range annual qualification, and I set the range record for what, a rifle. What were you doing? Like, what was the MOS? Uh, I was an Amtrak or AAV mechanic. So just, I was a diesel mechanic working on track vehicles. Got it. Okay. And so, you know, it's where I started with that job to where I am now. People are like, you're not a sniper. Or you're not this or that. I'm like, no, man, I started as a diesel mechanic. I feel like you did tell me that. I, I'd forgotten that. So, okay. So then 
you go back, you go to Hawaii, you go out to just do a general qualification. Yep. Just our normal annual qualification in the Marine Corps. Everybody you know, has to know how to, everybody's a marksman. Yeah. Right? So they, well, they think they are. That's, that's what they like to say. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. They, um, but yeah, so you do like a week of dry firing and stuff. They call it snap in or grass week. Yep. So in the Marine Corps, you do that for a week and you're just, you know, clicking at barrels, but it really reinforces that whole dry fire, yep. thing, you know, and putting reps in. And so, you know, it's Hawaii, it's summer, it's, it's, you know, it's hot, hot, you know, people are just dying out there and laying in the grass. But and then the next week is all rifle range week. And uh, there's some pistol in there if you carry a pistol, but I'd set the range record. Um, for what? For, for uh, rifle qualification. Um, so, so tell me about what's the record. Like, what, so what was the they, it, it's been beaten now, but this stuff, uh, general rifle, <clears throat> they've changed it. But back then, this was 2008. Um, and there, it was a 200 yard, 300 yard, and 500 yards. So you'd shoot some standing, kneeling, sitting, positional. You know, it's still using old green web slings back then. Okay. Uh, iron sights. Okay. <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. Um, it was even before we were starting to really get ACOGs and um, did that. And I came back to the unit. I didn't think nothing of it. I didn't really know that I'd even did it. Um, but I knew I did well. I had like a 247 out of a 250 on the qual. And uh, at the time, I think the record for the range was like a 245 or something like that. Okay. And so I did that, came back to my unit, <clears throat> and somebody told my, uh, my I had a, again, I was a mechanic, so I had a maintenance officer. So he was a chief officer that he, you know, oversaw all of the, all the Marines and stuff that did all the different maintenances uh, that were under that unit. And he did competitive shooting, and I noticed he had, like, some B8 targets. He shit, uh, shot, like, the uh, one-armed bullseye, one-handed bullseye pistol shooting and stuff, okay. like they shoot. Uh, for They've done it for 100 years. And so he had these targets up behind his desk. And uh, he started talking about it. He's like, hey, I heard you did pretty well in a range and stuff. And I'm like, did I? I don't know. Yeah, did <laughs> I, I score? Did I break it? And um, no, but he, I didn't know, but he had been on the Marine Corps shooting team and other things. And he's like, well, we have a unit shooting team in these division matches. And he started talking about some matches. And I'm like, the Marine Corps has shooting teams, you know, like, and this Hawaii was where I, I started playing like softball, stuff like that. I'd never, I'd always play baseball. And then it just, again, hobbies turned into a session. So I like made the all Hawaii softball team. <laughs> okay. I started at my unit and then same thing. So this happens, I go shoot uh, these division matches and I did really well at rifle um, placed like, I, I don't know. I was like 10th out of a hundred and something people on the rifle. But the pistol, um, and the reason I mentioned pistol earlier, I like, there was like 30 shots. I think I hit the target six times. <laughs> and which I, I was embarrassed by that. Like yeah. how I'm yeah. super competitive in certain things. And like, I was very frustrated. And so what that allowed me to do was I came back and he was like, wow, you suck. You know, and that's his baby. He does pistol. He didn't really care about rifle. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that was his baby. And I was like, well, I want to go work with the range. Like, like I've got to get better at pistol. How can I do that? We're in Hawaii. So it's like, you know, gun laws and different things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, it may, it makes, it can make things, especially living on ba uh, base at the time. Uh, it's harder to, you always got to have everything registered. It was just a kind of a pain. And we would do, uh, a temporary sign duty for, for Marines out to different areas. Like you could go work the front gate with the MPs, you go work at the range or things Okay, uh, for about six months. So I went, went out to the range for six months. And ended up getting put on the pistol range. I ran as like the NCIC at the time as a sergeant. Couldn't shoot, but you got to run yeah. the range. <laughs> so <laughs> ain't, uh, ain't that the common tale? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, it, but again, like it's just crazy how some things just happen and things fall in line. I'm fascinated like, by this story. Keep going. The door is open, and uh, so I go to the range. I'm now working the pistol range, and there was a gentleman there. I didn't really know him. He was. Uh, 
civilian. I guess, you know, later on, I found out he was in the Army National Guard, or sorry, Army Reserves. And, uh, but he was a civilian working at the range, and he would come out and shoot pistol. And this dude would do like amazing things two handed, one hand, didn't matter. He did all kinds of stuff. And I just watch him. And then one day, uh, he'd never seen me shoot, but he'd, uh, I had a qual with the pistol to, you know, to get up there. And it was the first time I'd qualled with a pistol, even before I shot that competition. I'd never had a pistol qual. Okay. And so, it didn't go that well, but I, I mean, I sque- I had to like, I actually had to, I unked, they call it unqualified. I actually had to refire the pistol qual. And again, now I'm like embarrassed and I'm the dude that runs this range. I'm like calling, you know, the commands and all this stuff for the range. And so I'm sitting in the back office one day. It's like, you know, four, almost four thirty. time to like almost go home or whatever. And he comes in and he tosses me a Beretta, um, like this little dry fire trainer pistol that he had from, uh, it was full metal, almost like an air pistol, but it was essentially just. I think he had got it from Beretta. They like demilled a pistol, so he just had trigger and hammer. Neat. The barrel was well, cool. welded up, right. and he just used it for dry fire, functional dry fire. And that, at the time, that's what we were issued was the M9. And he's like, he just tosses it to me, or not say toss. He puts it on the table, you know, kind of yeah. like says, and just walks away. He says dry fire and walks away. And I'm like, what? Look, this is I think 2009 at the time. So it's not like I'm flipping through, you know, watching TikTok or something. I had, <laughs> I got I'm like, I'm back there reading a book. And uh, I remember that about 20 minutes later, he comes back and I'm the pistol hasn't moved. I'm like going through stuff, you know, I'm gonna read my little book and whatnot. And he's, um, he's like, kind of like, Hey motherfucker, you know, like, <laughs> are you, you know, get up, you suck, you know? And then just, and, and he didn't say that specifically, he but what, that's to. what I heard. Yeah, and he so he's too, like, though. you know, I'm going to work with you. And, um, a guy named Keith Sanderson, uh, he retired. He, but what I found out later is he was in the Marine Corps, made the Marine Corps shooting team. Uh, then from there, came to the Army and went to the Army Marshalship Unit and then wanted to do other things. And he's just always into something. So he ended up going to the Army Reserves, was on the Olympic team for rapid-fire pistols. So they do um, they, they still do it, but it was like 25 meters, and it's like five shots in so many seconds and stuff like that. It's all one-handed, just iron sights, bullseye Good. stuff. And there's so many disciplines that they have through that, but he, but he could do stuff with, it didn't matter. Two hands, one handed. I mean, it, it was wild. I watched a guy shoot a running mongoose one handed at, at, at 25 yards one time. Just, <laughs> you know, he's like shooting his target, like a string of fire and mongoose runs by and it's like, it's like, boom, boom, pow, back to the target, right back to the and target. It's like four X's and a dead mongoose <laughs> out of five shots. I'm like, <laughs> like just stuff like that. So especially then where I was impressionable and something new that I was not right. good at. And, uh, with the obsessive, the OCD. Thing yeah. The yeah. Side, the, yeah. Uh, I wish I could say I was OCD about everything, but, um, <laughs> and yeah, so he, he kept pushing me and, uh, pushed me and I couldn't fire a pistol for a month. He would not let me shoot a pistol. I dry fired. And I mean, blank wall, just dry firing. And this, at this time it was, I did two handed and one handed cause it, it was the qual that I was going after. So I needed to shoot two handed. His expertise was more in the NRA CMP right. and Olympic stuff. That's one handed. And, but man, he just, he, he was relentless and he, He's a character. If he hears this, you know, he's a, he can be a bitter pill because um, he's kind of abrasive, but he just, it's his way of saying like, do better, mm-hmm. you know, and this is something that he's passionate about. And um, kind of going back to like, uh, uh, you know, Joe talked about uh, the pieces of the pie, right? right so like this guy, chart, had, yeah. Yeah, this guy's piece was one shooting mm-hmm. um, and he was really good at it. And he made sure that like to help everybody he could. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that kind of set me off. Um, to also try to get better, but also every time I learn something, give it away, like share the knowledge, you know, cause we, it doesn't make anybody else better if I'm just gatekeeping everything. Mm-hmm. And so that's been a big thing for me out through that career, but I got better, 
about nine months later or so, we went back to this division match, and I won the whole thing, rifle, pistol, all of it. And that was uh, that was pretty awesome. That was, that's, that's the beginning you of know? the uh, And that, yeah. that was it. And then there, like through him, I found out there's a Marine Corps shooting team. So I'm like, and that's in Quantico, Virginia. And I was like, I'm going to make that team. And some of the guys there were like, no, nah, you're whatever. not. Yeah, whatever. Those guys will smoke you, you know, and they did. So, but long story short, uh, I made that team, um, went out and shot with them for a summer, uh, for a three month tour. We shot, this was all the, uh, the old school, like sling canvas jackets, sling rifle shooting and stuff like that. So I so, made so rifle is, team. So hold on, time up for a second. So what does this look like? So when you make a team like that, what is, what does life look like in the Marine Corps, you know, while, while you're Ooh. doing this? Yeah. So <clears throat> what I did then, we had the division matches and they would have four events a year. So you'd have West coast, uh. East Coast, like Camp Lejeune would have it. Uh, Camp Pendleton would have it. Then you'd have one out in Okinawa, the Far East matches. And then you had uh, the Pacific Division matches, which was Hawaii. So those are the four things. And all you're doing is shooting. Yeah, man. So the diesel mechanic thing, you don't have to get... Yeah, quit turning wrenches. wrenches. No, it's five, you know, four to five plus days a week, eight hours on the range, live fire, dry fire, shooting, you know, we still live fired, or sorry, we still dry fired a lot. Um, And we would do different drills like, and again, this is all the old slings style shooting, the fun, like where they're really stressing fundamentals and pro- shot process and all that, really breaking down the purest form of like side alignment and trigger control, you know, both rifle and pistol. Yeah, this isn't a lifestyle. <laughs> this is a life. Yeah, man. Yeah. And, and, you know, everybody has, again, passion where, you know, yours being the gym and stuff like that. And it's, it's that all day long, five days, sometimes seven days a week because we, the competitions we shot were a lot of mostly civilian competition. So they're on the weekends. Right. right. And so, but we trained Monday through Friday and we rarely got, like I did like 62 days straight, um, of without a day off that summer. And, uh, that's in, and that's throwing in there the, uh, the travel days and stuff. Cause I mean, I'm not at home, you know, right. my family's in Hawaii. I went out to Quantico, spent three months there, um, while my wife was pregnant. So wow. I actually flew down, they went to Alabama, uh, roll tab, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, they were back in Alabama. So I actually had a match in Tennessee or the team had a match in Tennessee. So I like flew down to mobile. We had, she had my, she had my son. So um, you were there. Yeah. yeah. And you and made it. I was there for seven days and I flew back up to Pennsylvania or uh, uh, West Virginia. Some of the guys picked me up from Tennessee and immediately rolled into a match in Pennsylvania. And, uh, but she, um, she's been great. You know, uh, she knew my passion for this and this is what I really wanted to do. And she'd been with me through like the sports things and I just, your just, little obsessions. My little obsessions. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she's an amazing woman, but she followed me up through that and supported me. And so I'm like, I'm going to make this team and we're going to move to Virginia. And like before I even like brought it up to them. And so that summer went well after those three months going around to like Camp Perry, shooting the national championships and stuff, which was a, again, you have these like, you meet these milestones and goals that you may set, you know, and like there's things called a distinguished shooter. So in that world, you have a distinguished rifleman and distinguished pistol shot uh, badges. There's also a third one for international distinguish, which could be like, that's where the, most of the Olympic, Olympians get, whether it be shotgun, air rifle, small board, stuff like that. But like these things were, these medals to me were uh, not to announce them. They weren't, they're kind of like trinkets. Like I just, that wasn't the goal. The goal was like to win because you can make, you can be awarded these badges by accumulating points, um, but they don't. I mean, it, it's, it tells you that you have mastered something like, you know, when you did an interview with Mark about being a grandmaster, like there's yep. different, there's high, they call it high master in that. And so there's different milestones you'll hit, but, uh, those weren't the goals. Like I wanted to win everything, you know? And, um, the first match I'd went to that summer was out in North Carolina, a civilian match, uh, but it's on Camp Butner in North Carolina, a little small, uh, guard base. 
And I was squatted with a guy from the Army Marksmanship Unit. And I didn't know, but this guy was like the best. The top shooter that we you know, did that. He, he moved on. He j- he's actually retiring in like, I think his, I think his retirement ceremony is today. But um, he followed on to be the, the greatest service rifle shooter that has ever been. Wow. And he squatted with me, you know, and, and I was in the Marine Corps team. So they're kind of like, hey, don't talk to the Army. You know, they're, <laughs> you know, inter-service rivalries and things like right. that. And it's the enemy. And I'm like, and I've been they told this, you know, and it's, I'm on, I've squatted with this guy. We're watching, I'm watching him shoot and I'm just like, well, that goal of winning is yeah. uh, looking a little grim now. It's a little steep. And, uh, but, you know, and, and I spent that summer just like that with that burned in my head. Like I've, I've got to be on that level, but this dude, I didn't realize this dude's been doing this for like 12 years at this point. I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, man, that's, it, I mean, that, that perception piece is interesting. I mean, I, we could talk about that just sort of in how people are trying to accelerate their journey to success and to the top of the, the heap. And you're, I mean, yeah. you're already setting it up right now, but the reality of that is. Right? Yeah. And, and so, you know, when the kind of with the goals and all that, like having realistic and attainable goals, having yeah. the one that is, that, that is, somewhat unrealistic i won't say completely but like but it gives you something to strive it's for. high it's a high you know it's yeah. it's a high one it's it's the one maybe that's the five-year plan right but uh having just like man like i go to matches now or like number one goal don't get disqualified be safe don't shoot somebody don't shoot yourself you know just don't do anything silly or stupid and always be cognizant of what you're doing like that's a goal people don't realize that like it's a goal to drive home is to make it home yep. you know like to not have a wreck to not you know do anything stupid or whatever it's People don't realize like the goal. Sometimes goals are just meaningful things like that. Well, they all stack up too and, as you start to achieve them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, like I mean, with your goals, you know, right. with the gym and, and the podcast and everything, so it's yeah. it's awesome. You got to take the wins. You which, have a passion for it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so I, all that, and I kind of going back to the excited part of it. So I make it to this camp area, which is like a they've been doing matches there in this form. I think like 1907 or 1913, somewhere around there. This is where all this stuff has been so kind of some nostalgia. Though, yeah. Though. And, and they used to call it the Creedmoor matches. And, you know, people talk about six, five Creedmoor and they just think of like, it's, it's 15 years old. Actually, the Creedmoor was way like in the late 1800s up in like Seagirt, New Jersey and stuff where this stuff really started before Camp Perry. And there's so much history to it. And the Marine Corps is very big on tradition and, yep. and customs, courtesies and history. And I go to this thing and I remember standing there and, um, I'm shooting like we shot standing, so it's it's standing offhand. You got it's, it's summer, it's July, in, in Ohio on Lake Erie. Like the the impact zone is Lake Erie. You know, is Lake Erie. It's just flat. There's these uh, every target block. The, the targets we're shooting at are 72 inch, uh, so six foot by six foot square cardboard okay. on these target carriages that you shoot a shot. It goes down. They plug it in with a shot spotter and come back up. And at this time, we're shooting all this with iron sights. How far? This was uh 200, 300, and 600. So it's kind of like the qualification. Uh, for the Marine Corps, but instead of 500 yards, you're shooting six. And so we're, at this point, we're not no longer shooting like rat grade M4s and, and M16s. We're shooting like national match 20 inch stainless, you know, These precision are match barrels. Guns. Yeah. They're free floated now. They're all this. I mean, even the sights are quarter minute, like true, like they've been machined precisely to adjust the iron sights at quarter minute increments and things like that versus like one MOA clicks and stuff. This is not an out of the box gun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I mean, we're shooting, you know, factory, uh, we're, we're still shooting factory ammo. Like, a lot of guys ha- did hand load, but at that time we were still shooting like, but match quality factory ammo, Black Hills, uh, you know, 77 okay. stuff. The Mark 262 essentially is what it, okay. um, Mark 262 was kind of derived from the national match scene, like the Mark 12s and SPR programs and all that. Those all, a lot of that came from how we had, these guys in the competition scene had had to tune those up. Yep. And um, I just remember standing there and I'm like, 
I shoot a shot, target goes down, you know, and I don't remember what that shot, but I'm like my third one, third or fourth shot. And I'd shot like it's it, you're shooting on a 10 X target or 10 ring target, kind of like a B eight with the pistol stuff. Just extrapolate that. It's a, uh, 12 inch black circle. That's the nine ring. The, uh, 10 ring is six inches. And then the X ring is three inches. So you're shooting 200 yards standing iron sights. And the goal is to shoot up like a 100 with however many X's and that's a six inch circle. So you're shooting three M away, uh, you know, yep. um, standing offhand with iron sights. iron sights and the wind's blowing like 15 miles an hour. And it's a huge open field with 1200, 1500 people out here shooting. So there's people listening to this can't even fathom that everything's <laughs> um, and it, but it's man it's boring it's it's like it is not a so spectator just, sport i was just gonna say like this is very old school <laughs> so those same people are going dude that that's so old school yeah like, why would you even and do it's that? brutal like i said and, and under the canvas jacket you're wearing a sweatshirt to, <laughs> to help reduce chafing but it like it actually regulates body temperature and stuff because you're going to sweat in it but it help it's breathable it's it's crazy but they wear it so you're not getting chafed by this canvas or leather jacket and it's all like cinched up and stuff. Anybody ever seen the Olympics and stuff where they wear the they wear the weird leather stuff? Yeah, it's like that. But they they have rules where like it can't be so tight and everything's like regulated for the Olympics. This is like nope. It's like back. <laughs> we're, all right, lock my back in. Now I can shoot standing. And uh, yeah. anyways, I'm shooting and shooting, and I shot like I think it was a six or a seven. It was like ten, nine, six, and I'm like smiling. I'm the whole time. I'm like anybody else or any other time. I should be like, wow, that sucks. Like yeah. I literally just lost. Like I just wasted my three months to train to get here from that one shot. That was okay. four points in one shot. And the guys that win this are going to drop four points for the whole day. The whole yeah, out okay. of five hundred points for yeah, for perspective. Got and uh, the guy that won that year actually dropped three points for the day <laughs> <laughs> and set the record. And he was a marine, but uh, I didn't even come where anywhere. Yeah, close. you were out before it started. But yeah. I was shooting this thing, and I'm like ten, nine, seven, or six, or whatever. And then I'm like, yeah, this can't parry. This is so awesome. Yeah. Five, you know, barely. I mean, we're talking this this day, at this point. I've I've missed the center like this far. <laughs> And I'm just like, whoa. And it hit me. I'm like, okay, calm down. You're in a competition. You should not like get, get, fix your mind. And so that was really, I'd never been there before. And I, and I was super amped and excited. And that, but that moment kind of hit me with on the mental portion of it, like how to maintain expectations. Um, what do we think about when we get excited um, or, or frustrated? Mm-hmm. And so oddly enough, I was so excited that the frustration of shooting bad shots hadn't did, come, did in, come yet. in yet. Yeah, until but, later. but then, you know, I'm into that fifth shot or so and I look down and I, and you shoot a shot and you go to this, your little data book and you kind of like shot, you shoot and call your shot. So like I would plot where I called it on target and the target goes down, comes back up and I plot where it was actually was. So it just kind of, it's telling you like when you're calling your shots and the, like with a red dot or whatever, it's like, okay, well I called that uh, left side, a zone center or whatever. And then, did it, you look and like, okay, that's where it's at. Or it either tells you like your zero's off, maybe the wind's blowing, whatever okay. it is. So you're trying, trying to do all this and obviously center the group as you're shooting. And uh, I look down, I'm like, I got a six and a five or whatever on this thing. I'm like, wow, there's nine points. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, I should probably get my mind think, right. Think about some And stuff uh, so right. now I'm like standing there and this is time. You had 10 minutes to shoot 10 shots. It's super slow, but um, that's including, you know, targets got to come go down and come up. So you're, uh, beholden to the people in the pits to run that target pretty quickly and uh i got like two more shots off and timed out so now like just this just went you're terribly you're done you know but here i am like this can't bury man this is awesome right. you know and uh anyways finish out the day you know and, and th- that was the, what they call the president's hundred match um and and so i ended up being like 99th uh, of that out of like you know a thousand people or whatever so i'd finished out the day and like crushed the rest of the day because it was one of those things like, okay, well, now I've got to get my mind right. And I'm really confident once I get what we call getting off our feet 
you know, once I get down and prone and mm-hmm. sitting and things. So we finish out this course of the fire at 300 and 600 um, and 600 yards. So you're shooting 600 yards from a sling on a, essentially the, the 10 ring again, it's two MOA. The X ring is one. The goal is to shoot a bunch of X's, you know, and, um, and it's all from sling. So this is also the thing, like what's capable people talk yeah. about the MOA and things like that at an angle. And they don't realize these guys for a hundred years have been shooting and they've transitioned the target. The target's gotten smaller yeah, it's, um, as we've gotten better with guns and ammo, but like guys are shooting like one to two MOA groups at times with a sling and iron sights at two, three and 600 yards. It's, it's wild to think It's a about. different game. Yes, it's truly yeah. a different game, like the purest form. And, uh, you know, I got my mind right, fixed all that, finished out that day. And I go back and I tell some of the guys, like, yeah, man, they're like, what happened to you and standing? Because they, they plot your scores, and it's like, you know, I had like a 79 or whatever, and then like 100, 100, 100. And then they're like, what happened to yeah. you? Like, did the wind blow in your house? Like, not that no, you man. can't shoot. Right? Yeah, and I was just like, dude, my mind was just not focused. But once I got off my feet, I kind of finally reclicked it and like, okay, now I'm confident that I own the rest of this. This is mine, you know, and that's what you're thinking in your head. Uh, you don't always tell everybody what you think in your head when you're, you know, trying to amp yourself up, but, uh, go back, do that. And I'm like, okay, well next year, one day I'm going to win this. And I never did. I only shot it for, you know, a few more years, but, um, that was just the, that That's moment. A turning point for yeah. Kind of like when I met Keith and he's like, essentially like you suck practice, yep, pick up the gun, pick up the them. gun and, and, and then get better because I didn't do well to pistol to this moment just led to another door opening of like, I'm not a smart man from Alabama, but like, I need to learn about some mental stuff, you know, and there's books like with winning in mind from Lanny Basham that was an Olympic shooter in AMU or, or he was a civilian, sorry, but he shot with a lot of the AMU guys and whatnot way back then in like the seventies. And it led me to books like Phil Jackson's 11 rings, you know, how to deal. Cause I was on a team and I had to help coach guys throughout my career on the Marine Corps team. And I had about 20 guys that were trying to make sure that they're getting training. Everybody needs to train a little differently. Uh, which led me to like peak periodization from the, from, and these things weren't like people told me about these things, you know, I didn't just like find out, um, or make it up, but it's kind of like nothing new out there. You just got to find the things that may work. So, and I just started implementing some things here and there for myself, but also make sure that these guys were training right, or at least from my limited experience at that time, right in my head. And I knew it worked for me, but as I kind of grew with that, I knew I could see that it didn't work for everyone. Okay. Um, and so that was a whole passion. And that just kept kept kicking off another door to like instruction. The coaching piece. The coaching right? piece, you know. Um, and, every, you know, you hear guys talk of different things. Like they don't want to use the word instructor. They would like to use the word coach. Yep. I don't care what you use. I've talked about that. Yep. You know, yeah. Yep. And, and so there is a difference in certain implements. But it does, if one day you're a coach, the next day you might be the instructor in my mind. Like it just depends on what you're trying to do. I agree with you 100%. Um, What's the goal? Yeah. Yep. Right. And so it's just, man, it's been great. Um which kind of just keeps leading me. I've done this almost 20 years now. I've been in the military, about to retire. And I'm doing what every former military guy in the world wants to do, is start a marksmanship training company. But, okay, so before we get there, real quick, go back for a second, because there's there was the, the shooting on the Marine Corps team, and then there's the AMU. So there was a shift, though. Oh, yeah. At some point, you went from, because the, when I, what I understand, I don't even know if this is done yet, you're, just, you're currently just in retirement or just, just retired from the army, not the Marines. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. I, okay, so <laughs> I hate talking about myself, so but catch, here we go. Catch me up. Cause I, yeah. yeah. Where did, where did that happen? Um, and so, then, and then what it looked like. Yeah. So, you know, kind of going back to that being, you know, not, don't talk to the AMU guys, or, you know, don't talk, you know, we're, we're Marines. Let's not talk to the army. We're that we can beat them kind of thing. And I'm like, realized after that summer, I got uh, permanent orders to the team for three years. And, uh, so I kind of told, like I told my wife, we're moving to Virginia. Like, 
this is, it's in my head. We're, you know, and working on that and, um, got to Virginia. We moved there in 2011. I spent from 2011 to 2015 on the Marine Corps shooting team from just a, the first year I was just a, a trigger puller, man. I was just out there as a team member. We just had a, shooting, just shooting. And we had some individual matches as well as team aggregate matches where you have six guys shooting and, you know, it's a total team score. So we're, like and we're coaching, game. calling when I'm sitting there through, you know, these huge Kawa promenade binoculars. Okay. And so it looks like a freaking, it's a massive spotting scope is yeah. what it really is. Just reading Mirage, reading wind and like the pure, again, the purest form that I knew of at the time for marksmanship. And uh, it's all flat range stuff. I mean, there's no like terrain to this. They're just manicured flat ranges with berms that you shoot from, you know, into a paper target on cardboard. And I did that, which, <clears throat> and this is kind of like, I didn't even know about things like PRS, and USPSA at the time. Yeah, because it doesn't sound like you'd have any time to even think about any of that. <laughs> no, but I love shooting so much. Again, and again, there's not TikTok and all that shit, right? Oh, so right. Get, yeah, yeah, I think we, we started training. Well, we didn't TikTok, but, you know, we finally got smartphones at some point. You know, when I worked at the range in Hawaii, I remember the guy, the, the first iPhone and Google phone, like the... Right. Uh, T-Mobile had like this phone. I don't even remember what it was called, like the G1 or, or yeah. Google One or whatever. Yeah, it was mind-blowing, right? When yeah. It came out, You're yeah. like, it freezes all the time. Yeah. You're like, I can't even make a phone call. Yeah, we, we thought it was cool, though. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> and so, you know, I did that for a few years there. But same thing, like, I when I came back permanent, I was like, man, like, me and another guy, uh, another guy and I had kind of crested toward the top of the, the people that we were on the team with. We weren't the best on the team. I don't want to say that, but we had, we had kind of excelled and they, then they gave us the invite to come permanently and things like that. So that's how I got to be there for those few years. And, but I was like, man, we, we've got to get better. And, and with the Marine Corps team versus AMU, you do it for a summer and you go back to your unit or you do it for two or three years as, like a, a, as a primary like duty. A deployment. Yeah. yeah. And it's just any, anything else you, you PCS to that duty station, you do that duty station for a couple of years and you go to somewhere else. And so I'd left Hawaii to go to, to Virginia, did that. But um, I was like, man, we got to get better. So how do we do that? Like, these Army guys are whooping our butt, you know? And like, we're, but it's hard to accept that as a Marine. You know, just, we got to win at everything, you know? Fair enough. We're going to win at getting drunk. We're going to win at fighting. We're going <laughs> to win at war. We're going to win at shooting. And the Army will never be a part of that, right? right. <laughs> like, can't let them. <laughs> but it was like, hey, man. And so that day, uh, my first year, first ever match, I talked to this guy. His name's Brandon Green. And he was on the, he's on the AMU or retiring now. But uh, we kind of hit it off even that day because he was from, I think, Bogalusa or down in Louisiana area. I grew up in Mobile, Alabama. And so we like fishing and we like food, you know, the food down there, the Cajun seasonings. Sure. Like, we're just talking about life. And, like, I literally got his number that day. And just, you know, this transitions to the next year. Hey, man, I call him. Like, we need to, what can we do to get better, you know, and uh, start reaching out because, again, no need to gatekeep the information. He could have told me like, ah, well, you pound know, sand. Pound sand. Yeah. No, he, you know, it turned into like, Hey, we can do, t well, let's go to matches together. Like our team is going to this match in here. Why don't you get your team there? And it's 20, 20 people on each team and coaches and staff to run this stuff. And so then we just started kind of sharing the knowledge and it made our team better for those few years that myself and a few other guys were there um, that were permanent. Cause we, same thing. We, we only had maybe like eight permanent guys and every summer we would pull in three or four people from these, that did well at those division matches and bring that up. And so we, we started implementing some things that the AMU had done because they could be there for 20 years. They can come out of high school or college, collegiate athlete, whatever. Oh, and really? as long as they met, uh, they have, they have higher PT standards than the, um, I mean, you can't tell, but, uh, we have higher PT standards at AMU than the, just passing the qualification, you know, so like 60% kind of gets you a go every year for, for PT quals. 
uh, they do 80%, you know? And so like, if you didn't have that, you couldn't travel, you couldn't go to matches. Okay. So it makes it's, it, it's more performance-based. Exactly. Than yeah, yeah. People don't think about small little things like that, make you earn it. And, uh, anyway, so we, we started shooting with those guys and, and learning how they do things and approach things and how really how to train better. Cause not always just putting rounds down range and at volume was the answer. Some days we need to have figured out how to calculate it. And so that just kind of kept opening more doors and friendship. And when my time was coming up on the shooting team there, um, it's kind of like, man, I don't want to go back to being a mechanic, <laughs> you know? And as I, I was getting promoted, about to get promoted and I'm like, well, once I got, you know, staff, E6 or staff aren't in the Marine Corps, like I'm no longer going to kind of roll out with the vehicles or if we go on a deployment, I'm not going to go out with the sections and actually see anything cool right. like I did in Fallujah as a young Marine and all that. I'm going to be in an office be, as a platoon sergeant or I'm going to be in a, you know, like essentially like a parts room or tool room, like ordering parts. It's a hard transition, man. And I was like, man, I don't want to do this. Like, I, you know, I didn't even want that job when I joined, but I just knew I wanted to be in the Marine Corps. And then it, I ended up with that job and like, oh, this sucks. And then I really enjoyed it because uh, I was a diesel mechanic in high school, like on, as a summer jobs and okay. side jobs. It's like, I didn't join the Marine Corps to be a, continue to be a mechanic, but that's the door that was open for me. And that's, uh, that's, I just ended up there. But, uh, so they asked me, Hey, you know, they found, he found out, Brandon found out that, um, I was going to get out, you know? And he's like, you ever thought about coming to the army? And I'm like, no, uniforms are terrible. Loud one more time. Yeah. 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 Like, no, he's like, Oh, well, uh, okay. And he's like, well, we get weekends off talking about going back to those 60s, 70s. Yep. So the, I'd spent all those summers where same thing. We're training those summer shooters. We call them, uh, those pickup shooters and, we would spend 60, 70, 80 days straight in the summer. Like when the kids are home and my wife has some free time, I'm just gone all the time. So like, you know, we had, we've talked about that, that, uh, balance before. Mm -hmm. And again, this woman has traveled the world with me. Well, not the world, but you know, we've been to Hawaii. Gotcha. As soon as we got married, we flew straight out there. She's really never been outside of Alabama for the most part, mm -hmm. you know? And so just dragging her around, man, and had two kids along the way. And now the kids are, Old, starting to get old enough, like daddy's gone a lot. Yeah. So that was one reason I was kind of like, I, I need to, I don't want to go, I don't want to stay in the Marine Corps anymore was the end result. And it's not because I didn't enjoy the Marine Corps, but I wanted to do something with firearms. I wanted to, I'd looked at doing contracting uh, instructor side, uh, you know, for different agencies being in the Nova area or, you know, Northern Virginia, right. uh, capital region area. There's places I could have went and could have made enough money or decent living up there, you know, training firearms. We were down the street on Quantico from the FBI mm -hmm. uh, guy, Academy. You had the HRT guys there, you know, and, and all that just kind of, again, just open doors and networking um, and all that. So it kind of, I had some opportunities. And so again, I don't know, a few weeks later, uh, phone rings and it's, it was a, a captain in the AMU, um, the company commander reaching out. He said, Hey, so Sergeant Green told me, you know, Hey, uh, you're thinking about getting out of the uh, Marine Corps and, We'd like to have you, like, we're going to be at a match that you're going to be at. We're going to Camp Perry, the so National you're Championship. Recruited. You're getting recruited. And I'm getting recruited. And I was like, oh, man. All right, sir. You know, cool. We'll, we'll talk when we get up there in a few weeks. So get up there, and they were kind of like sales pitching. And they're like, look, man, you know, you can you can be here. For, I didn't still didn't understand I could be there for the rest of my time. This is what I would do. And so they essentially poached me out of the Marine Corps, got to move back to Alabama. So I'm in my home state. That's what winners do, man. Winners go find other winners. They <laughs> and they do what they need to do. <laughs> well, um, I don't know if I, how much winning I've done, but uh, I was truly honored to accept that position. So I did. We moved to Alabama. My, you know, I kind of told my wife, and she was excited to be 
not necessarily back home, but mm-hmm. close enough where like if the parents want to come up, they can call and they can be there in three hours. You know, they're just far enough. So you're not feeling overwhelmed, right. but you've got help with the family. Yep. Yep. That's you important. Know? And um, important. like my in-laws are up watching my kids right now. My wife is away on a work trip. I'm here, right. you know, and they cop in the car and drive three hours and help them out. But, uh, yeah, so I came to the AMU, uh, and still on the service rifle team, um, still shooting the old traditional sling shooting and things like that. And we would, we started doing more training there. So when I was in the Marine Corps team, we didn't do a ton of like training other units and things. We do some stuff. I worked with help work, uh, did some positional training and stuff for some of the instructors at the sniper school at Quantico. And I kind of just started ne- again, just networking, meeting friends and, and the, the team and the, the sniper school at the, at the time I showed up there, um, didn't have the best relationship. It was, you know, just egos and things like that on all, all sides. It was, mm-hmm. no, you know, not one specific person's fault. And, uh, so we, that, that relationship started getting better because some of the guys we had on the shooting team were scout snipers in the Marine Corps. And so now they already knew these guys. Now there's commonalities. And so we built like some, some friendships and still talk to some of those guys today, but that kind of started really getting me into lethality and like the, I'm, I'm a diesel mechanic now turned shooter. That's never going to go down range. Yeah, metal again. to metal versus the metal to me part. Yeah. And so I'm not going to go down range, but like, so how can I make a difference? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not just going to goof off and shoot guns and, mm-hmm. and, and people tell me like, oh, you got these, you're just screwing around. I'm like, well, how can I earn my paycheck? You know, it's, it's something I had a, a, a mentor in the Marine Corps used to ask me all the time. Like, did you learn your paycheck today? And, uh, which can mean a lot, to, of, um, different a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And so I really wanted to, do what I could to give back to contribute. And that began, started the journey of work. You know, anytime I could go see it, you know, another unit ranger, ranger battalion on, on at Fort Benning or like the sniper school guys. So I'm okay. like, just asking them questions. Like, and so I'm still shooting this traditional sling stuff. I, I don't know nothing about PRS or any of this stuff. It's a game. Yeah. And like, how can we, how can I get better at something to give back to them? Because there are leaps and bounds above where I'm, my knowledge is on that kind of stuff. And I'd been shooting long range and we shot out to a thousand yards with iron sights and stuff, but it's not what we didn't, weren't using Kestrels. We just had like hard data mm-hmm. and, you know, I knew about ballistics, but I didn't really know the ballistics. And I've been a competitive shooter for four years at this point. And, uh, and at the AMU, which, you know, a lot of people just assume we all, everybody there knows all about this distance and everything the gun there is to know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we, we spe- we have people that specialize in 10 meter air rifle shooting pellets. Like not now they're all, students of the craft and, and stuff. So they do extracurricular activities, but that's their job. So they may not know like how to, they, some of them may not know what a Kestrel is, right. you know, or uh, these devices that read Got atmospheric it. conditions. And so see, again, seeking knowledge where, and I just, I kept meeting people and the doors kept opening to like, Hey man, you're asking a question. I know they, I know the stuff to that. I'll give it to you. And I just kind of kept taking the knowledge and taking the knowledge until, you know, finally it's like, okay, I've taken enough. Now it's got a time to give back. And I, and it wasn't just me. There was a couple of us that were like, okay, we're going to start doing more lethality stuff. And that's been a big push for me the last few years. And about 2019, I transitioned from shooting the traditional uh, sling shooting stuff over to like precision rifle series, shooting some semi-automatic gas gun series uh, where, you know, the, now I'm shooting steel targets out to 12, 13, 14, 1500 yards sometimes, but primarily it's say inside of 1200. Um, sometimes even shooting like a 223 that far, you know, depending on what match we were in. And, and these now, instead of just standing in one position, shooting those 10 shots yep. in 10 minutes, different game. it's a different game. It's kind of like USPSA with a long rifle mm-hmm. and we're sh- shooting small and the targets keep every year. They kind of get a little smaller. We, 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 as humans become better shooters in that game. 
Um, manufacturers Technolo- come out. Technology's changing. Yeah. yeah. Manufacturers come out with better optics. And so even since 2019, it's crazy the, the quality of components that we've seen come about. But so I started that. And uh, so from there, I'd had some back issues. So that was another reason I was looking to do something else. And so shooting that standing and those the prone positions, there was no longer my lower back. Yeah, yeah, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't stand up there like that anymore. And uh, so it's either I could coach this team, which was one of the reasons I also came to the MU is to take over and coach that team at some point when some people retired. And they had some move, internal shuffling on that team. And uh, they had brought somebody from the out that had been on that team before that was running another one in to coach. And so it's like, we were both going to retire about the same time. It didn't make sense to make me the coach. So it gave me an opportunity, again, just like at first I'm annoyed because this is what I wanted to do. Yep. But it opened up a door to another team, which is on the action shooting team. So we covered, you know, USPSA, three-gun, IPSC. Uh, they used to even shoot IDPA and still challenge. Uh, uh. Two-gun stuff to PRS. Had, you know, a couple guys. And it's a very small, it's nine people, nine soldiers. Okay. And uh, so I ended up doing that and shot for a little bit. Late 2019, I get over there. Well, you know what happens in early 2020? Yep. COVID. So a lot of a lot of events were getting shut down, but PRS, because it's outside shooting still targets, you're not having to interface with a lot of people, you know, like a lot of the Olympic stuff you know, and all that. Troop them all up. Trips yeah. got shut down, you know, but PRS kept going, you know. I mean, it, it, they paused for like a month or two with everything going on, and uh, which what that did is it funneled some of the unit budget into us, and we, we started traveling again, like two-gun, three-gun, PRS, things like that were still open. So we just start shooting, shooting, shooting. Okay. And that was the real growth year for me to really understand. Like I, I'd, I'd spent those other year, formidable years right before that. I was shooting a little PRS stuff on my own, kind of learning it, um, learning more about ballistics, you know, internal, external, and transitional, and all these other ballistics knowledge, you know, using these devices, using the technology to my advantage. How can I teach that to other guys? Because a lot of snipers at this time are still going out there and shooting steel at every 50 meters. You know, they're not utilizing the Kestrel. And again, they have so many pieces of that pie. Like, like, to, you to know, work on, yeah. And I, this, this is, I get one. Yeah. And so um, internally, my, my pie has some slots in it. Like, okay, learn about device, learn about shooting, learn about bullets, you know, all this. But uh, that's my main focus and I have the time to do it. So, so as, you're, as you're doing this with, with the Army, is it just coaching the team or are you being asked, are you being resourced to coach other guys doing other things. Like you mentioned going like range battalion, like you go down there and check them out. Like, are they bringing you in to teach this, you know, or work with the other teams? I mean, other sniper units, any of the guys from the soft side, any of that? Like- yeah. So we had, uh, we'd had a couple guys, uh, when I transitioned over and AMU had always done some, they'd done like a, I think they call it SDM courses and things throughout the years for designated marksmen as like the Mark 12 rifle was coming out. That's what I mean. And, um, so we did a little bit of lethality, and then I went transitioned to another team, and the, and the action team did more more of the lethality stuff. Sometimes it was just individually. Um, but right before I went over there, we had a, a guy named Daniel Horner who uh, shoots for SIG and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He's a big, well-known three-gun shooter. He had won some inter- uh, sniper competitions in the Army, him and another guy on the team. But he really kind of kicked off, from my understanding, a lot of lethality stuff for them and got them into some of these higher echelon units. Okay. Um, taught, you know, just the, the, where the real high performers are in shooting. And it's like, if our piece of the pie is this, then, and we're the best at it. Why wouldn't, why, why wouldn't we go? Our product is to make you better. That's my whole point. And That's so, my, part of my question. Yeah. Yeah. And so 
I got over there and it kind of, you know, again, I'm just hooked on this. Right. And, and that thought of like giving back. So like, yeah, okay, cool. I get our mission statement is to win national international competitions. But the another part of it's also to make the soldier more lethal on the battlefield. So when are we doing that? Like almost like they need to be 50, 50 or close, you know? Um, Cause we have to be winning in competition to stay relevant and learn these things and practice to be able to transition over and teach the lethality. And we also have to be winning or doing well to have the, to have the creds, you know, in these guys' eyes, like what warrants us to come train you? Makes sense. And so locally, you know, we had a, a range regiment there at Fort Benning. And so this team had had relationship with some of those guys. So they would come over to our ranges and train. Sometimes we'd go out to other, other ranges and I'm just kind of picking all this stuff up and I'm just sitting back. Like I thought I was a decent instructor and stuff like that. And I'd coached service rifle, but I had some strong points like reading wind and whatnot. But some of this stuff I was just picking up because now, I'm not having to stand still anymore. Now I've got to be mobile and, mm-hmm. and you know, really looking at the efficiency. And you're looking at these guys that shoot USPSA or three gun, like they, they go through all this, these stage plans in their head. And like, they, they just, the way they move fluidly through a stage and like every step is calculated. And, and we're talking about guys that are winning the national championships and this stuff. And so I started looking at how they moved and cause no one in PRS didn't, uh, not really there, the guys in PRS, this, it was still new but they didn't worry about how they moved a whole lot. Like they get 90 minutes or two minutes to shoot a few targets, like 10 targets, eight targets, whatever. Uh, I mean, it's, it's the same across you know? the board now. And um, so I started looking at that because I was like, man, like I want to go fast, like Ricky Bobby, you know, I want to <laughs> be good at this and I want to go faster and be efficient because it's like if I build the efficiency and economy of motion, that gives me more time to read the wind and make a more perfect shot. You're still time back. Still in time back. And uh, uh, I think it was it before. Yeah. yeah, that talked about that. I think you and I have talked about yeah. that. That's a really good analogy. Um, and still in that time back by the by being efficient. And so, again, all this keeps coming back. I'm watching them, and I start implementing that. Um, and I've been training with another guy on our team a lot. And same thing. Like, he he didn't always say those words, but I just watch him. And he was mm-hmm. he was really good with a gas gun. He'd won all the PRS stuff one year. He'd won it all. And just watching him. And starting to be like, okay, well, I can do a little faster. And then I was kind of, for a little while, I was known as the, like, there's a specific, specific barricade in the in PRS that was timed. And they were like, I'd show up and it's those little victories, right? Where guys are like, well, we know who's going to win this one. I'm not even going to try to go fast right. on this. It's like the one time stage in the, in the match. And they're like, that's oh, Scott's here. You know? <laughs> I was like, I may not be winning the whole thing, but I'm going to win this yeah, thing. You know? gotcha. But again, those, that kind of tricking the ego and all this to make you super confident. And that was where my confidence lied was being, a little faster than everybody else, you know, because yeah, I wanted to win, but these goals to transition, like I want to win these things, but man, I want to, I want to give a, a really good product to these guys that we do go train. And so if I'm being slow and sloppy and stuff like that, but I'm still hitting targets, how does that really benefit the guy that's going down range? Cause I need, they need to be fast with it. They need to be quick with it. You know, if be a reactionary, the, the consequences of not doing that are, yeah. Bad. I mean, these still targets aren't shooting back. Yep. And again, I'm never going to get shot at again, maybe unless I drive through Memphis again, but um, <laughs> that's a whole nother story. But anyway, so that really, again, just kicked off more and more, just the desire to do lethality. I shot for a year, essentially, with that. And then we had some transitional team. Our boss retired, or our NCIC yep. retired, and I, I slid in the spot of running the team. Right. And uh, so it's like everybody has their... We used to joke about it when you're a young guy, like, oh, everybody's just trying to leave their legacy. And I'm like, well, I didn't think of it that way. I do now, but um, it was always a joke and we kind of made fun of officers and things like that, that they just, they wanted to have their mark. Well, I realized, you know, not too long ago that my mark was lethality. And so we pushed, 
we started pushing more go, instead of like 10% lethality for the year, 90% matches, we started getting more and more jobs. And, and I, with who, uh, you know, guys on the East coast, gotcha. you know, uh, diff- and not just army, uh, you, other branches. Not to be, not to be named, yeah, but, just, but, uh, and, and just some other units out there. And, um, kind of the, I was, I was also doing the sales pitch piece, you know, if, um, and, and I, I joke, you know, we don't always tell everybody, but like the joke is, uh, we, we're not here to teach you tactics. We're here to teach you how to shoot people in the face better. Mm-hmm. And that's the sales pitch, you yep. know, and gotcha. it's got us kind of on the map. Um, the, the army marshal unit on that specific side of lethality, like this is how we're paying the bills. Like there's other teams within our unit that, um, did the, uh, the marketing piece. Cause we're, we fall under like recruiting and all that stuff. So there's some marketing aspect to it. That's why you want to win an Olympic gold medal. They on a Wheaties box and all this other stuff. Right. And they're using that for, uh, recruiting. Yeah. And so our side is more like, well, we can do that, but we can also have a greater effect you need to in do this on community. The inside. Yeah. On the inside. And yeah. so I started seeing that again. And so it, it made me want to be a better instructor as well, you know, a better coach, a higher calling. It's and, a um, so that kind of really started my journey into, um, working more with civilians as well. Um, doing some classes on the side. I why? Think, um, which, which, why, for what? Why, why civilians? Why, why expanding the journey when you're working with the, you know, the, the tier one guys and these yeah. crazy units and whatever else? I mean, the, from the outside looking in, people might think that's a little bit weird. What, what was driving that? Well, you know, initially it was mostly military and, and government agencies just because that was related to the day job, you know, of being in the army. Yeah. We train the guys we can go train because they can request us and we can go do that. Okay. Um, and so then on the side, they're like, well, one, I had a lot of friends that wanted to learn more about shooting. And so I started training, just working with my friends. And then, uh, you know, everybody has their calling and we can go down the political side of the 2A and every, every person should have all that. And, that, and I truly, I do believe all that. Um, but the, the market for that obviously was, is pretty big and, you know, people are like, now. yeah. And there's, there's enough to go around. I think people get a little bit out of shape about, we can't all be in the same space. Oh, but yeah. That, yeah. Look, there's look where we are. Yeah. Like when I went, look at our dinner. That's, yeah, that was, that's pretty wild. I don't know how I got to that table, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, we're just sitting at that table with, with, uh, I mean, Mark from JBS, you had Mike and Fred out there. Yeah. Joe, Joe, Joe Duffy. was there. Yeah. Duffy sitting on the other table. And, and he, a lot of us training the same space and it's like, there's enough to go around and we're all friends, but yeah. we want to have a good, pro- it goes back to the product, right? We want the end result, that product of us, whatever we teach in our, in our space. You know, it'd be carbine, night vision stuff, long range, whatever. Uh, we want a good product and we can see it in each other. It's like you you gravitate to people that are like you or that you usually that or you want to strive to be like. Right. And um, so I started doing, you know, some civilian stuff on the side. I mostly would uh, assist and instruct under some other names. Okay. And um, I've, I've typically tried to be a little not always on purpose, but a little low key as far as my name. Well, look, that's what I was saying about being under the radar. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, and you, you were for me, like, you know, when I, when I first met you, but you know how you were described to me. So, you know, you may not know this guy's, do you know who's got, no, I, I, I don't, I don't know who he is. He goes, well, basically if you show up to match and he's there anywhere in the country, you're competing for second place or for, for third place. Cause for second or third place, cause this guy's going to clean up every time. So I was like, I just like, okay, Mike, whatever you say, man. And then, you know, things evolved, but I did not know. So, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's, uh, it's parallel to, to the, to what I, what I thought and the reasons why, because you're just trying to kind of run, run low key. I get yeah. it. 
Yeah, and you know, everybody like <clears throat> we've we've talked about like before this, like some people like openly talk about their family, some people don't. It's not that I try to keep things quiet, but like I don't want all my business out there. And it's not fair enough. There's no real reason to hide it, but like, you know, why well, put a phone in a Faraday bag too? You know, it's not what I don't have nothing to hide, but I also don't want just all my information. It's out still there. your information. And it's it, yeah, it's my life and I don't want control it. Yeah. And so same thing with, you know, now, funny enough, you talked about the social media piece is that as I'm transitioning and doing this, I created, you know, my own little company for consulting. So, and you're, training. Re- so you're retiring. Yeah. Now I'm retiring. And, uh, this, this side gig to give back to just anybody that wanted, or I could find to like tell people like whoever's interested, whoever's interested. And, um, you know, I'd do it for free if I could, but I do have to put food on the table. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, oh, you mean the military retirement doesn't, uh, <laughs> it, uh, yeah, it's looking at the numbers, uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, maybe if I had transitioned over to like a single wide on a small piece of property, I could, <laughs> yeah. you know, I could live, but uh, I get it. I, my wife might not. You got a lifestyle. You got to, got to, yeah. yeah, gotcha. But yeah, and I know I've skipped around a little bit, but that's kind of, that's why I'm a little vague on certain things. It's just, I don't want all the business out there. And like some of the, you know, I've had people like to just openly say like, oh, well, those guys never trained these guys. It's like. I'm not getting been out of shape over this stuff, man. Like, right. Uh, cool. We, maybe we did, maybe we didn't. Like yeah. it, it doesn't, it's not trying to make me sound cool or anything. It's just, that's the top's going to request, request the top, you know? And so you get, you, you start talking to some of these other guys that they're truly high performers. It's not, if I'm a, if I'm you and I want to learn about the gym, I'm right. not going to go find the guys in the McDonald's drive through right. to teach right. me about being in the gym. I'm going to find the guy that owns the gym, <laughs> you know, usually. And so, I don't know, man, and just teaching civilians, teaching even other, you know, militaries and cops and, and everything else, just, I really enjoy it. I, I don't, know, again, I don't do the tactics piece. I, I teach you how to, you know, pull the trigger better or set your gun up better or learn about the things I've been blessed just to know nuances of, you know, different guns sometimes need to be shot a little differently uh, because of the nuances of how they're manufactured. And it just, it's always something new, man. Like I come to SHOT Show and somebody comes out with something new and it, it might look cool, but then you start using it and like, ah, oh, it's got some deficiencies. So that's kind of where the consulting piece is coming in for me is just having been blessed to, with these certain positions I've held for, you know, about almost 10 years now, a little over 10 years. And, you know, share, again, share that piece, not just the teaching instruction, but also on like the, the equipment side. And it's, it's man, like, like I use that analogy of the doors keep opening. They keep freaking opening. I was just going to go get a normal day job. I looked at going back to school for cybersecurity, odd for a South Alabama guy, but you know, um, <laughs> and then guys are like, man, you started this little business on the side years ago, a couple of years ago with LLC to just do some, you know, assistant Stuff. work, Yep. you know, just to have a, a thing where I could like write off some guns, <laughs> make some money on the side. It's a lot. A lot of people start their business. Man. And now it's, now it's turning into like, this is what I'm going to do. I, so I love that. I think we had a, we may have had a conversation close to six months ago, but, you know, when we were, we were talking about that transition and you kind of trying to figure it out and putting it out there and how do you do that? Um, and so what I've seen you doing is one networking and having those conversations with like the guys at the table and getting into good discussions about stuff that matters, at least in my mind, uh, and trying to cut out the fat of all the stuff that generally creeps in as a distraction, which, and a lot of that has to do with ego and, you know, I'm better than you and who has the piece of paper on the wall that says this versus what somebody else's piece of paper looks like. 
There's also the trying to enter into how do you market that because that's not necessarily the sexiest way to do it. When you look back on how people have gotten, you know, sort of where they are, gotten a, a quote unquote following or, you know, sort of an audience. It's oftentimes about being controversial or, yeah. you know, shitting on somebody else's business theories, practice, methodology to, to build up your own. So I've seen you doing that differently, just being you in terms of talking about what you know. And there's also, there's also a component or an element here, and hopefully this doesn't come off the wrong way, but the how you just explained that whole story or basically your whole journey, sorry, tells me it, it really fills in some gaps for me just about how I see you handling yourself. Um, like, again, in the online space, because that's how I get to consume you unless we're talking, yeah. you know, on the phone, right? Or in this kind of an environment. And it really is like, it's like a, again, just forgive me, stick with me here. There's almost like an, an innocence to it. It's like, this is what I do. This is all, this is me, mm-hmm. right? Like this is all I know. This is all I care to do. This is just what I want to do. So I'm just going to talk about it, right? Take it, leave it, put some shit in the comments section, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know about that stuff because I've never had to deal with it. Like you literally are just that dude. And and I think for people kind of maybe coming across you at this point, you know, kind of new new to the scene, they're not sure how to take that because you're not getting involved in all of the other things uh, that, that might be distraction for both you and for them. Um, and again, it's it's not a, because I met you in the environment that I met you in, and again, you just filled in the whole story there with regard to like, you've just been kind of moving through this this journey on your own, doing your thing. There were people there that helped helped you. There were, there were doors that were open. There were, there's a little bit of luck, you know, that comes into this. Yeah. There's being blessed, right? There's having a supportive wife, family, somebody that takes a chance on you, um, people seeing things, but there's also a performance piece. Yeah. Right? It doesn't just fucking happen. No. Right. You don't get recruited by the AMU. You don't get a head coaching job at the AMU because you knew some dude who knew some dude, or it's because your dad was there, you know, first. I think that's the thing that I take away when I kind of listen to you talk and how I see you interact with people is that this is just what, this is just what you do. And it's, there's also something here. And again, this with regard to the business end of things and going back to our original conversation, it's just kind of dawning on me now that you have direction, but there isn't like this end goal yet. Like there isn't this, you're trying to rule the world. You're trying to be the best at this and take this title going back to the winning and the mindset and whatever else is, is just, you're just continuing on through the journey and you're seeing where it takes you. And so maybe the, the term isn't innocence. It's just like a, it's a, it's, it's a, it's very genuine and raw. It's still open to be molded or whatever mm-hmm. versus trying to fit into a box and try or trying to get anybody else to fit into your box. I find that fucking refreshing. And I also find it fun to kind of watch evolve. Like, cause it is different. It is much different. You know, people are, people hang on resumes or, you know, there's a lot of talk about, don't tell me what you did then. Tell me what you're doing now. Yeah. You don't it for you. It doesn't really, I think you're compelling people to find out what you're doing now. Right. Versus like, let me tell you what I'm doing now and why you should listen to me. And then why you should come to my class or whatever else is just, no, I'm just talking about the thing that I do on a daily basis. And I think it intrigues people to maybe want to dig a little bit more. It takes a little longer to 
grow an audience. And yeah, it has. Build a business that way. So I don't know. I wonder what your thoughts are on that, on what I just said. Um, yeah, I'm I'm maybe the worst businessman ever at the, in the end state of this. And you talk, you talked about the goal. Like, I don't, man, it's it's open-ended. Um, like I said, I just, I, this was a side gig, you know, a few months back, six months ago. I was just going to do this on the weekends. Yeah. Or when I had some time off, whatever next career job I took. And um, it's now transitioned to like, this is what I'm going to do. And it's my name. Mm-hmm. Like, so with attaching my name to that, uh, like for for a while, I've had my site, my business Instagram for a few years, but I never really used it. Like, I, I don't know, I had a hundred followers. Not, I still don't have a ton, you know, like or anything. But guys like Joe and some others uh, started share. you know, we'd have an offline conversation or, hey, man, I like what you're putting out and vice versa and just start sharing my stuff. And then because someone else has 10, 15, 30,000 people right. following, they share my stuff. I gained some followers through that. And then getting those DMs of like, it, it's kind of weird for me because I'm not used to, I don't necessarily, I don't mind. I love to talk, obviously, but I don't always like talking about myself. I want to talk about the knowledge that I have. And people are always asking, like, so what is your background? Because they want to know who they're talking to if, and how, because it's their money they're going to spend with me. It's their time they're giving up away from their you know, family or work. Uh, so it's not always just, them. they're paying me money. They also have to take time off work and travel um, unless I'm literally coming to them. Yeah, so it's, it's they're just continuously losing money. Yeah. Like it's a, in a concentrated amount of time. Yeah. Right? And it's like, so I understand they want to, you know, know more about me and I just try to do it with like facts. And I had somebody, uh, yesterday, yesterday here, I, I, we we're all like in some Facebook and other, they'll see me on Instagram or whatever. And he told me, he's like, I love your Facebook posts when these guys start, you know, shitting on each other on Facebook and like, these snob groups or whatever gun snob groups they call them and it's it's just a bunch of people talking shit but because they're like you troll people with facts and i'm thinking like i was like haha yeah yeah cool man good to meet you you know in in person finally and and i left walking away and i'm like troll people with facts like what is that that a thing that was can you troll people with facts i thought trolling was like and i was like man is that how he sees me and then I i went to dinner last night and i was telling one of the guys about it. he's like i don't think he meant it that way man i think he meant it like it's the refreshing piece. Like you're out here actually saying what is the truth. Um, and people like it, it doesn't really garner much responses. I'll come in with something that's just like, well, this is what I've seen. This is what I do. Because and, how do you respond? To and that? they don't, they don't like yeah. call me out on it. And I'm like, but I wanted them to like, I, okay, well, everybody else is but in here. leaving me a room to call you yeah. out on anything. And so it, it's facts, right? Um, yeah. And so that's, but you know, as you said that just now, um, them telling me that more this week as I've been here at shot and I'm starting to, um, talk to some of the people that follow me and I didn't even know they follow me, you know, like sometimes some of these guys have asked me questions. Some of them, them are very low key. They don't have the, the you know, they don't, they have their stuff private and they're just right. out there absorbing the information and trying to understand what is good and what is bad or what's mediocre. But I've had that multiple is the majority people, of the space. Yeah. That, you know, there's a massive part of that space that is doing that very thing versus, I, again, we talk about trolls and we talk about people that are trying to get attention for, for different reasons or whatever else. The majority of people out there are just trying to find good stuff or maybe they're, they want to be entertained yep. or yeah, they want to be educated or they want to be infotained, whatever whatever the thing is. But that's still the majority of the space. Yeah, and it's it's just interesting for me to navigate as much as my wife's like, I get on the phone at 8 o'clock at night after dinner and she's like, I could just see her face. Are you talking about guns again? This is weird, right? Yeah. You're talking about guns again, or like I'm on Instagram responding to DMs and talking about the life balance, man. That's that's been a good, an interesting and it's been a challenge. Like because I have, I don't have never done drugs. I don't have it like 
I don't know. The, the, my addictive personality has been to those hobbies that I talked about. Yeah, the things. Okay. You know, and, and it's always ends up being the competitive piece. And so her dealing with it is, I know, heavily frustrating because I've been doing gun stuff for so long now. I still come home and talk about guns to other people. And now my job is like, now I've got to fix, do the social media piece and then shut it off. And I've got to figure that out. I'm, I'm terrible at it because I'm, yeah. I'm, uh, Joe and I had the conversation. He's mentioned it because he reached a, a threshold where like he's pushing stuff over to like Patreon and other things yep. because he can't answer every DM. And yep. I'm starting to get there where like if I continue to answer every question I get, um, I will have no time in the day. And it's not to say like not to brag that I get that many DMs because I don't. But the DMs I do get, if they get a question, sometimes I come back with like I don't know if you're asking the right question or I don't understand what you're asking. So maybe think think I'm not putting them down, but like think about it a little bit more. Come back to me. And sometimes they just come back like, man, I answered my own question after I thought about it. And cool. Some guys start wanting to just know more and more. And it's like, I'll give you my curriculum and class for free, man. It's that's something Mark and I have talked about JBS. Like everybody in the world, take all the curriculum you want. Like, I don't care because you're not me. Right. There's no other Mark. There's no other Scott. Right. You know, and you're Scott. You know, right. there's no other CC. And um, so there's just so much out there. But it, but you don't know the context in my head. Um, and I think that's the, what I, when you talk about genuine, like that's, that's the genuine part of me, um, might be the terrible businessman because I'm not out there like making logos and big websites and just pushing, pushing these products and stuff. Um, and something I've learned here as a transition out to take, you know, potential sponsors for my mm-hmm. personal competition, mm-hmm. as well as, you know, consulting on the business side is I've had a couple guys tell me like, if I could do it all over again when I retired and, and, or did competitive stuff is take it a little easy for the first year, like go compete. <laughs> It's going to be a little more expensive and and on you to do it on your own, but make sure it's what you truly want to do when you're done, and this is the job you want. You're not marrying yourself, and to you're not married, you marrying yourself to a company. So, like, because I, I it's again going back to my name, man. I don't want my name. I don't want to bounce from company to company, and maybe that ends up happening. You know, maybe I I I don't know what it is. It's open ended, and I don't have a hard and fast rule on that. But while I am still mobile and able to to move around, um, and, cr- and not crippled. And I'm somewhat relevant, and I think in the space, um, as long as I have those creds for three, four years, maybe that's this is what it is. And if I can do that and have that's my my mark on the society with that, then so be it. Maybe in five years, I'm working at McDonald's. I don't know. Maybe I'm the mailman. I'm pretty indifferent on stuff. Like I'm not going to get all fired up about it, but I just want to share what I've been blessed and and fortunate uh, to know and learn because I didn't come up with it. I mean. There's some nuanced things that are, are maybe unique and people are like, that's new. It's not really new, man. It's been around. It's like you're just taking something that an engineer figured out 30 years ago and translating to this. And now how do you use it in shooting? You know, we're taking the pieces from the bodybuilders and peak periodization, understanding right. like ebbs and flows and like when to peak, you know, to not burn yourself out. Maybe you don't have to, sh- again, you don't have to do all this volume for 12 months of the year. Maybe you need to really confine it in two months, three months. Um, and But somebody else can do it in six. Everybody's a little different. I, that's the stuff that, I find interesting on the high performing side. Um, however, going back to teaching, like um, that's not the majority of society. Like right. we're still trying to get them to mount their scope right or use torque, torque wrenches to not crush a scope or buy just somewhat decent quality items. No, um, they want to get straight to being a grandmaster shooter or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. And, yeah. and, and, but I also don't want them to get, um, they jump into that and then they like, you get the defeatist uh, mindset, right? Like you either, the two types typically you see is like 
especially on the military side, you get a military guy go out and shoot a competition and they don't do well. And it's fine. Again, that pie, like they had so many other pieces to worry about and not just that, but especially on the sniper side, I've, I've worked with those guys. And if you took 10 of them, there's five or six that are like, I'm coming back to do this again and I'm going to be better. And the other ones are like, uh, competition's gay. Yeah. Cause they didn't manage their expectations. Right. Yeah. And it's, yeah. and it hurts the ego. Sometimes those guys come back eventually. And some of them, they just, they're the ones you hear about talking trash about. I'm like, I got it, man. And you know, I've done training with some mill guys and stuff before. And they're like, yeah, I don't really shoot competition. And again, it's not, I don't care if you do or don't, but if you're in that space, you're going to talk trash about those that are doing it. And because it's what they love, whether they're civilian or military, whoever, um, it's, it just, it's interests me. And then, so like, I'll kind of be like, okay, well, when you guys go to the range with your team what do you and do? your training, what are you, what are you doing? And they're like, right. oh, well, Monday we do this, you know, or like we'll shoot for the whole week. And then like, okay, well, you know, what are you, I, I, one, I'm curious of what they're doing for training is if I can help them at all. And two, or, or people that I work with, or do I know someone that can help? It's not all about me or sometimes it is, but not always. Um, <laughs> but then it's like, what, so what do you do is like Friday? Is there like a culminating event or whatever, you know, and I don't want to call it competition, but cause I know what they typically yeah, do, you know, what you, you know, do. and it's you like, know, oh, you know yeah. the answer to the question. Yeah. Right? So it's like, oh yeah, we get out there on Friday. We'll have like moving targets or something. We'll see who can shoot them the fastest or whatever. And then we'll do this and we'll see like, uh, you know, I was top shot last time. I was like, oh, so you're competing. Within your tiny little group of people that never yeah. expands outside of that. Tiny well, group. but, but the other thing is they're, they're sitting here saying like competition's dumb or whatever. That's what they I mean. Use, and they're like, you're competing, man. It doesn't matter if it's in your, this space or a bigger space. It's like, and they're like, hey, oh, you got me. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not saying that you have to go compete at a match, right. but compete within yourselves. Cause it's only going to strive. It, I mean, I don't want to talk an absolutist statement, but. I truly do feel that it's only going to make you better or make right. your team better or whoever you're trying to influence. Um, whether and it is possible to do that without going to a sanctioned match somewhere. Yes. 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 Yeah. So I, I just, I, I think people sometimes think of competition as just that. And it primarily is when we talk about competition, we're talking about everything from the Olympics to a PRS match to a, right. a local right. USPSA match. Fast spectrum there. Yeah. Right. And so a lot of these instructors may not compete, but they also do culminating events in their classes. Right. Which again, push those students to, to, go a little farther, get a little, uh, they push the limits a little bit. Get into the, the discomfort zone yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. Cause in, and you should, I mean, the limits of human performance, I'm, I used to not believe this, I don't think, or, or it just really wasn't a thought, but it's almost like the, you know, not to be cliche about the movie, but it's limitless. Yep. You know, it's crazy. The stuff we're able to do, like I'm just a old short stocky fat, like soldier that's almost retired and like, I move all right sometimes, and people are like, what? "You can How do, do that? that. How do you do yeah. that?" I'm like, my mind, mind over matter, kind of thing. Like my mind, I let my brain do everything. You know. So and, yeah, I mean, you brought that up. You brought that mindset piece up earlier when uh, you know the dude throws the Beretta at you, right? And just getting your mind right, and then also again when you, you know, we're having fun at the at the match, you know, in the Marine Corps, or whatever. And yeah, you did so shitty. I just I'm going back to the mindset, just with kind of where you are in your transition right now, um, and I wonder this because guys that have given so much and done so many things, made a career in the military. I mean, you're transitioned a, a, a few times through there. You know, I think a lot of people do. Trying to make your way out of that, right into the thing that you're doing now, um, there is no playbook for this, right? And so that leaves guys to their own devices trying to break into something that's very, very different like you're doing right now versus yeah. what you were doing. And you had a little taste, like you said, you had an LLC and you were kind of doing a little bit of this, so you had a little taste. But 
I just wonder where the mindset is now with regard to that, because you, there's a little bit of a contrast uh, with re- respect to the, I have to have the mindset, this is competition. I've got to calm my nerves. I have to do this thing. I have to do it that way. And there's a process. And yeah. if I do that, I don't let my, my nerves get in the way or whatever else. That's one thing. This is different. Like, because you still had a job at the end of the day. Like you, you messed up that first stage. You did okay on the rest of them, but you messed up. And at the end of the day, you still had a job, right? Yeah. And um, it was, again, it was a competition. You were shooting paper targets. And now you work with all these other guys, but now you're coming out and it's, you're looking at it. There's, there's a lot going on, man. Uh, I mean, how do you, you got a family, right? You've got a career to think about now. You're not an old man, right? <laughs> you're not, you're not an old person, right? You got your, this is like chapter three. You know, maybe if that's what you want to yep. call it, or chapter Kinda four. Is, yeah. And the chapter hasn't been written yet, obviously. And you have to kind of figure that out all along the way. I think a lot of guys are coming out and they're trying to figure out what chapter four, three, whatever it is in their life and how to write it. And it, they don't know how to get into the right mindset to do that. And it's, it's sad to watch the demise of what people will do. And, I, and let me be specific about this. So you're exploring these different things and the advice that you got was, hey, dude, take it easy. Like, just go out there and figure it out. Don't mm-hmm. feel like you have to get it done today. All right, well, there's things that go into that. I have responsibilities. I have bills to pay. There's all that, right? Creates stress, right? Creates, there's liability there, right? Yeah. So much different than it was. There's also the part about, you know, look, you're, you're at this thing here and you, you're, you know, shot show, big. You're running into people, people may be talking about sponsorships or you're talking about partnerships. And you look at those things and, and you don't know, you haven't done this before, right? So you can very easily, and more importantly, sorry, the third part of this was you being you and having your name and not wanting to mess that up. That all of those things, trying to delicately balance that. And it seems to me in my time with you, going back to the, you, you know who you are, but I see a lot of guys that I don't think really know who they are yet. And that mean meaning everything they've done for the last, let's say, 20 years or whatever it is, has been attached to this thing, right? Like, I I am a ranger. You know, I am a Green Beret. I I am a, you know, or whatever. And I, I, I use the shooting space because it's relevant to what we're talking about. So there's a lot of that going on. And they don't know who they're going to be now after. And so they're coming into it in this weird space where they're putting a lot of pressure on themselves because they need to, I mean, there's some really real things they need to do there, you know, again, to, to continue to pay the bills, but also feel relevant, also be relevant yes. and make a living. And I see when I say it's sad, I think those things get really out of balance for folks and I see them really reaching and their name gets tarnished because they got into a relationship that they didn't, they didn't yeah. fully understand who they were. So they didn't fully understand what they were signing on for. Uh, they're, they're trying to do things that they're not really ready for because they haven't taken the space and the deep breath that going back to the advice that you've gotten to just figure it out. Are you sure this is what you want to do? Mm-hmm. It's okay not to be sure, but are you sure this is the path you want to go down right now? Again, like the chapter's unwritten, like it's going to happen. You maybe you don't know what it's going to look like in six months, a year, whatever, but are you sure you want to see what the chapter is that you're currently writing looks like, or do you want to change you know, change, change course of fire right now. Yeah. Right. And go a different direction. So that, that was a lot, but, but I say all that to say like, um, your thoughts on that, like in kind of where you are now and how you balance all that and how you're taking that advice 
one day at a time and how you come to a place like this and you hear the feedback that people are giving you and maybe people are chasing you a little bit. Like they're looking at this as a, they're looking at this as a, um, as an opportunity. Mm. I mean, here's a guy who's starting and guys like you just going to say you're vulnerable. You're vulnerable to fucking yourself up for the rest of your life. Right. In a, in a sense where you are in this process of identifying what it is that you're going to do and who you're going to be now, Mm -hmm. um, while being a husband, while being a father, while being a man, you know, a, a, a son, you know, you know, a brother and all of that stuff. Um, I just wonder what your thoughts are on that, like how you're balancing and what you might be able to share. Cause I see you doing, a, goes back to you being genuine and kind of what I'm seeing uh, versus what I've seen other, some other folks do. And I, I think you're doing a really good job of it. Um, but I, I wonder how aware you are of that and if you <laughs> can talk about it or not. Yeah. Um, so, you know, from some of our just personal conversations, like I wasn't really aware of it at first. Um, and, you know, kind of the, with the people that want to, start the shock factor of like their posts and things like that to garner attention. Get attention, yeah. I just, I don't, I don't have that. Um, internally, I have a lot of uh, things that I think about that I would never tell people. When you talk about performance and being, um, you know, goal oriented or whatever, like I'm going to go out here and just crush everybody today. Like I'm going to, Oh, uh, I gotcha. <laughs> a buddy of mine, a buddy of mine, um, has this saying, he's like, I'm going to suck the day's dick. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, like it just, you, <laughs> and it makes me laugh, but, that's he's not saying point. it out loud. He's saying it to you, but yeah. that's the attitude. And, he's so, and so I've had, you know, when I go compete, we have the things that we think in our heads. Some people shoot angry. Some people do perform better, not angry. You know, in the gym, you're intense. Right. Like, right. right? People, um, yeah. People approach it differently. And so, so I, it's not that I don't um, think highly of myself inside. I just, it sounds weird to it's say that out loud. Um, but I'm realizing now that like one on the business side, I have to, I don't say I have to do it, but it's sometimes I need to say like that I'm, I'm pretty good and this is why you should come train with me or, or mm-hmm. this guy's pretty good too. And it's okay. You can go train with him. It's not a big deal. But, uh, so as we've transitioned to this, uh, I've never felt anxiety. I, I don't think I've ever been anxious until now. Um, you mean in life? Yeah. In life or in the business. And, and so like you talk about the not having an end goal or not having, knowing what's the what state, the end state yeah, the or, end or state. a hard and fast one. Mm-hmm. And because like it just not that I'm not striving for it and putting in effort and stuff like that, but I'm I'm at like seventy percent or maybe eighty percent and letting the the remainder just kind of fall in place because I've learned at least in my life the more I tried to force something the less it was likely to happen mm. and so those doors end up closing instead of opening for me that's just what I've experienced you know um, and whether it be a, a just a job or a a point in my life being with marriage right. that you have ups and downs, man. It's work. Yeah. And so like you can strive for it. And, the, and if you have that, a bad relationship and you just devoted a hundred percent to fixing it, you might be more doing more damage than good. And I've been there, man. I've, I, you know, it's a, it's a, um, I care about it. And so I care, yeah. again, it goes back to caring about my name, but now I'm, I'm feeling things that, you know, I've been doing something for 20 years as far as just being a part of this, this entity of the military. Um, and I've had friends go out, and unfortunately, some some guys aren't with us anymore because uh, they they didn't know they knew they wanted to do something, but they lost the purpose. Right. And so, like, yeah, I'm gonna go to college and do this. They had a plan, um, out uh, like outwardly, but they didn't have it internally, I guess. You know. And so, like, the life gets tough out there when you're not a part of the brotherhood or sisterhood or whatever. You know, you're not yep. part of that team anymore. It's just you. And so that one's been interesting to navigate. And I've been very, very fortunate because I don't, 
uh, I think so, a lot of these guys talk to them, they feel alone. Um, and the more I get out and I come to SHOT Show, like, this is an investment for me. Right. It's cost me money. It's a tuition money, payment. Yeah. You know, and like, and, and my wife, again, was like, go, you know? Right. Um, and so it's, I'm building a new brotherhood and a sisterhood, so to speak, right? right? Like with you and, and right. a lot of my other friends that I'm learning in the space. So I'm not doing it alone. And everyone has their like piece of the pie that, of advice they give me from things, whether it be like, you know, if this is refreshing. And I've heard that a couple of times recently. I'm like, I just don't think of it that way. I don't think of what I'm saying. I just ramble and people are like, that was good. And I'm like, really? Because I don't listen to it back. I'm, I probably won't listen to this podcast. Um, it's like an actor not watching their movie, you okay. know? But uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of battling a little bit of that, man. I'm, uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell everybody, like I'm seeking behavioral health for it because uh, I don't know what that anxiety means. It doesn't feel like it's a negative thing. It's just like, I'm You're anxious. Trying like, to explore, like I want retirement out. to be yesterday so I can go do this uh, yeah, thing, you yeah. know, and feel like cut the leash loose and let me, uh, uh, let me go. High you know? achievers do that, man. You know? Yeah. yeah. But, I, but there's still that 20 to 30% that's, that's, that's the unknown. And that's not what's building the anxious. That's exciting to me. But the anxiety piece is like, this is my name. And attached to that name is my family, my kids, right. my friends. So I don't want to let, you know, you're graciously giving me this opportunity. I don't want to let you down. I don't want right. to let my wife down. I, I want to let my friends down. So that's some, I think, where the anxiety comes from and not knowing business. Like, but I mean, like I've had guys tell me, you know, some, some buddies that, you know, I, I hang out with that are working the finance world and they're, they're working a banker and they're like, look, man, I see these guys coming in and getting business loans or I see, you know, I work with these people and um, everybody has different intellectual capacities and they're like, dude, there's, there's guys out there crushing it that don't have the bandwidth that a lot of other people are. And if they can do it, you can do it. So right. don't, don't feel overwhelmed about it. Like it might cost a little money to get a CPA or whatever, but like, just do it. Like right. it'll be fine. You'll lose a little money here. You'll make it up there. Um, and, uh, and, it, and it, it'll take the stress off of you. And that way I can leave at five o'clock or whatever that thing is, I can get off Instagram and be part of my family or be part with my, be hanging out with my friends and not just replying to every DM. So that's been a struggle. You know, it's, it's just, the balance right. is tough and it's I wish I could chart. say I'm crushing it. It's a new pie chart. Yeah, it really is. Um, and I wish I could say I'm crushing it, but I'm, I'm terrible about just keep answering or if I wake up at 2am for some reason, I'm like, Oh, DM now I'm up for another hour. I'm right. like, well, you know, it's my fault, right? Like I could have waited. Uh, so that's the, that's a interesting one I'm, I'm battling right now with all that. Um, and, and kind of my purpose, I know my purpose, my purpose right now is to, to share what I've been fortunate enough to give. And I mean, whether that's teaching firearms or helping companies, or at least I think I'm going to try to help companies. Maybe they're like, ah, we didn't like that idea or whatever, but, um, that's my purpose right now. And in three years it could change. That's okay. I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, um, I, you know, some guys I've talked to mill guys in, in certain places they go out and like they run, you know, started, they teach tactics or whatever. And a lot of them say like at three to five years is my lifespan because I'm after that, they're disconnected in their, their mind yep. from where they're at. I things change. All the time. Things yeah, change. And it's like, cool, I'll go do it for three to five years. It don't mean I'm still not going to do something in that space after that, but there comes a point where like, I got to kind of know my expiration date. And so me, I know I have one on that space. I just don't know when it is. Um, but I'm going to keep, I plan to keep competing. I've got a world championship coming up this year that I'm on the U S team for, for long range and stuff like that's exciting. But I think that's that, that once I achieve that and go to that, I think I'm going to start transitioning to do some other stuff in the competition space. Uh, and I'm excited to do that. But Good. right now that focus is this. I want that's bolt gun stuff. I want to transition to more gas gun stuff, yeah. you know, and 
that's okay, man. Some people are like, you're good at this. You're pretty good at this. Why don't you keep doing that? I'm like, it's not that I'm denouncing or anything. And I'm not saying I won't, but like I have these things I want to do. You have a purpose. Yeah. And I have a purpose. And so again, there's 20% of it that's unknown or whatever, but that's what's exciting. I, I love that. I mean, that's a great answer in so many ways that the two things that came up for me in that were the, you know, having purpose and how important that is in everything without having a goal, then what are we doing? Right. Yep. And that goal doesn't have to be as clearly defined as maybe, you know, <laughs> these, these, you know, Instagram, you know, self-help financial gurus would tell you, you know, you got to do this because you got to figure out some things first. And, you know, I think people are trying to do that in a very speedy way. The other thing is the expiration date and the the term relevance, which obviously comes up a ton. And specifically when we are talking about lethality and maybe what's going on in the world at a particular time, like on a tactics, you know, from a tactics perspective, that's not what you're teaching. You've already been very clear about mm-hmm. that. So that's not what this is. Shooting is still shooting, right? At the end of the day. Yeah. But I think I, I just want to talk about the expiration date because I hear that a lot. And two things can be true. Well, I think, it, well, it's true. You're going to expire at some point, right? In terms of your relevancy or whatever. Mm-hmm. You you choosing that or or being worried about that expiration date Two things are going to happen. Like you're you're going to expire at some point, but I think the velocity at which you travel to that expiration date only increases if that's what you're worried about and focused on all the time. There are guys out there, right, that are doing similar things. Let's just say in the space that most said or are saying expired a long time ago. Yet they're continuing to do a really good job with the yeah. things that they're doing. They're they're weaving and bobbing and they are moving through and they are doing their very best to stay relevant. Now, there could be a lot of argument from a lot of people. That's not what I want to get into. I don't even want to hear about that Mm -hmm. because who am I? I'm just a fucking dude. But at the end of the day, like they are not accepting, right? And I don't mean that, that they're putting out bad information and that that's keeping them from expiring. They recognize that there is an expiration and they don't want to find that. So they continue to push they continue to be open about things. Sometimes there's there's consequences to this, you know, in terms of being on the road, being away from the family, yeah. you know, whatever else. But they are continually push hard, hard. It's that high achiever kind of mindset. So, uh, but yeah, the the focusing on I only have three years to do this in. Well, that's a self imposed limitation. And guess what's going to happen in three years? You're going to be expired, right? Yeah, that's it's, true. That's it. So, not worrying about it and the being okay with not knowing. And you mentioned the anxiety being partly, uh, you know, excitement. I think it's a strong lesson for people to to look at just in terms of reframing kind of where they are and the desperation they might feel and kind of the, well, I guess the anxiousness they might feel and like, I have to get this done right now. Mm-hmm. Now, I also understand there's, there's financials that come along with that, right? There's, yeah. there's all kinds, there's time with the kids, there's relationships, there's all kinds of things that come on with that. But, but you, you mentioned a good thing and that was that the, the harder you fight it, you know, and, and that's the sole purpose or the sole focus. Well, that it can be a very double-edged sword, I think is what you were kind of saying. Like you have to be, I said this before, in the immortal words of Ferris Bueller, if you don't step, the world moves pretty fast. If you don't step back and take a look around, you just might miss it and miss those opportunities or those open doors, you know, that you've been talking about, you know, that you've had through your journey and miss the opportunities for when people are there with their hand out to help you not look at that as anything other than take it, 
take it at face value. Sometimes people just want to help. There yes. isn't there isn't a an underlying motivation or agenda uh, that's evil all the time. And I get in this again in the context of this this conversation in this space, it's very that can be very easily um, the default because there's a lot of bullshit that goes on. But again, going back yeah. to the table I was sitting at the other night, right, with you and, the, and those other other characters that we just you know that we were just talking about. That's a perfect example of we're not going to agree on everything, right? We we have different methodologies to solve the same problem, and that's perfectly okay. It's okay, man. It, it's okay, you know, and and we can talk about that stuff, and we can disagree about it. But at the end of the day, if the intention, right, is to do what you said, which is help people get better, right, and solve problems and and feel more capable and at whatever level, whether that's in some specialized unit to Scott who does, Scott Howell who doesn't know shit about fuck when he shows up to the when he shows up to the long range and he's just drinking from a fire hose one way or another having that purpose right and having yep. that intention i think solves a lot of fucking problems um and what i mean by problems i think the social problem that exists sort of in the space that i see you kind of walking into just going i i don't really have the time or the energy for that like i've got things to do not exactly sure how that's going to work out for me I'm totally cool with that but in the meantime i'm not here to you know i'm not here to make enemies and make a big splash. Yeah. yeah. It's, it just adds to the anxiety. <laughs> yeah, that's stress. what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, that's um, exactly what I was just going to say. Uh, you know, I, I talked to Mark from JBS a lot, probably it's sometimes every day, you know, and, and we've been become really good friends. And, uh, but he, he has a thing where he says, well, who am I? You know, right. like, how did I get here? Like, that's what he says. Like, cause he's, he was only ever civilian, used to be a plumber and stuff. And he does this. And he's he does pretty successful at it, I think. He's and, doing a great and I job. look up to him on business and he helps me, he helps me understand space. And he's one of those guys, man. Just don't worry about it. Don't yeah. stress over that. Like, yeah, the money I get the money, you know, and making money and putting food on the table, but you'll, he's like, you'll be just fine. And he's a he's a very religious man. Yeah. And but he he comes back to like, who am I? And I I, I think about that sometimes because again, it's not something that I thought of in that those words. Right. But I did think of it sometimes like, how did I get here? Um, I'm not crazy religious or anything like that, but it's like, man, this door opened. How, how did it open? Some, everybody's has their belief on that. And that's kind of where, like, I just, I used to stress out about stuff. I was pretty high, you know, the, the Lance Corporal, Corporal Sergeant in the Marine Corps, just like, ah, knife right. hand yelling, like, but you have to go and it, got my, it got my blood pressure up now, right. you know, and now I'm just kind of like, Hey, 70% of the time it's going to work. 30% of the time it won't. That's Okay. You know, I, I wake up in the morning, I'm home or I'm alive. Right. And so that's, it's taken me a long time. I mean, 39, almost 40 years old. And it's taken me a long time to really understand that. And it's, it's been in 2023. It's kind of really when I, the light bulb came on and I had those light bulb moments in my life where with the, you know, shooting, uh, like I said, when I was standing up there shooting at Camp Perry or things like that. And I see it in other people too. And I, and I genuinely want to help most people. I won't say everybody. Unfortunately, because some Good. people don't want to help themselves. Good, man. Yeah, I mean, because um, you can't, too. I yeah. Mean, you just can't. And, uh, but then I, I have people in space. Again, like last night, I'm out to dinner with another group of guys that are doing the same thing I'm do- I right. want to do. And they're excited for me, like genuinely, like right. to the point where, and I'm excited for them. And they're like, no, man, like literally, like you, you can't do anything for my business. I could have you do this, this, and this. And he's like, I'm already maxed out on selling this product. I'm already sold out all these classes. So, like, you, you don't, you, you, cool it'd be good for optics but like you're not i can't sell any more product and i can't sell any more classes so like i just want to help you though anything you ever need i'm like 
that's you talk about me being genuine like that's the genuine shit right, right there right you know um that, and so that does exist out there yeah and, you know and so it's, for the it's cons- wild for the consumer the existing coach you know the aspiring coach um the manufacturer right that that has a product you know or something in the space that is looking to have relationships but is just so turned off by things or is just unsure i think the point where you know you just made there is like this this shit exists it's not a super popular instagram post right to you know to talk about it and if you don't listen to this podcast in this long format you're not going to you're not going to hear about it but the, i get the sense and again this is my second shot show right at I get the sense of walking around and, and seeing the people that I've built relationships with, but more importantly, recognizing again, like how did the, going back to my question, like how did I get at this table? This is, I can tell you exactly how, and it was through people, right? You know, it's just mm-hmm. one connection after another. And it was good people connecting with other good people. If people spent more time doing that and just being like open and honest, like you're doing right now, fuck the better world will be a whole better place. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> but, uh, but that said, like, man, I, you know, when we sat down, I'm like, I got to hear more about how we got to where we are. And again, you filled in so many blanks for me. And my, that was my intention sitting down is just to understand Scott at a better level. I've seen you shoot. I've seen you and heard you talk about shooting. There's no doubt in my mind, if I got a question about that, then I can come to you and I'm going to get an answer. But I want to know the whys behind the answer. And I think you filled in a lot of that. And my hope is, you know, as you're as you're kind of going down your path here and you're trying to figure it out as people are looking for connections um, in the, and I don't mean like a business connection. I mean a connection with the coach. I mean a connection yeah. with knowledge. I mean connections with people, the circles within the circles. Go back to the Venn diagram and all the things people have to do. I look at things like a Venn diagram, like, all right, so there's this distant shooting thing. How many spaces do they, do they touch, right? And how do we bring, how do you bring more people together that they'll hear this or they'll listen to this in a week in a month, you know, in a year while you're continuing your process to, to fill in the gaps in their own bed diagrams, right. in their own pie charts or whatever mm-hmm. to understand like, who is this person? Who are these people? Where is this coming from? It is what I see or I hear. Um, can I, can, can I match that up, you know, beyond the 30 second soundbite you might get somewhere or the third party review. Somebody goes to a class that went to another person's class and they're making this compare and contrast. Uh, that's why I do the show, right? It's just mm-hmm. to, is to give people the information, uh, and seek it, and also share it, just like you're trying to do. So, I mean, that's the mission of this thing, right? Is yeah. just to share good things because, uh, again, like I just have to be in a position to be able to have these amazing conversations with people, learn a ton. I was like, man, maybe, maybe other people want to hear this shit too. I mean, and it yeah. turns out they do. So we like talking. I listen, <laughs> you know, I listen to some of your podcasts, and uh, and like I said, like everybody. I say everybody, uh, a lot of the guys that, especially even the high performers in this space, they, some of them do Instagram or social media better than others, whatever they have different approaches and it doesn't make them wrong. Like some people do the shock factor, but there's a reason behind it. And that's, I think if you don't have a reason, okay, that kind of makes it like, all right, well, I'm just going to dismiss you. But if you have a reason for kind of being the abrasive guy or whatever out there in the space, but you're putting out good info, but you, you're doing it because you, people need to hear the hard truth. I'm more of a, once you get to the, in a, when we're in a private space, I'll tell you the hard truth, but I'm not, I, I don't have a desire to put it out there publicly. Maybe that changes in a couple of years. Maybe I've just become an asshole. Maybe. I don't know. And that's part of the, the excitement of life. Right. But, um, I, you know, I do stuff differently, but it, it, like you said, it's, it, we're problem solving. 
shooting a shot on a target is a problem. That, that's the it's problem. You got to solve it, right? So like engaging us to anything, whether it be a fight or a gunfight, you know, or shooting competition, you're solving problems. And yeah. how do you do that? And how you do it efficiently? And that's that's what I care about. Like, how can we solve the problem? And we may have different paths to get to the end of the, that to solve that problem. And the person I I look up to the people that can do it very efficiently. Um, and so, because I, I want to be like that, you know, and that's what's got me here. And I've learned that I do it a little bit better than some people. I tell everybody, like, I'm the worst shooter on my team. Mm-hmm. Really. Like, I really am. People are like, who's the, who's the best? Whatever. Are you the best? I'm like, no, man, I'm not. And they're like, well, you're pretty good. So, like, people are better. I'm like, not only are people better, dude, they do, they blow me out of the water. Gap in you. Yeah. There's yeah. A, a huge gap. And I'm like, think it goes back to the, the possibilities of human performance, right? right? Like, with just that on, alone with the firearm, you know, and it's something that's not seen much. Um, because again, all those guys are kind of low key too. Like they, they do their, they train the guys, they, they train themselves, they go to a competition and they just kind of like, they go fish or dr- fly drones or whatever they do they on their, as a hobby. Do. Yeah. You know, yeah. and like people know their name in the, that specific area and that's it. They're, and they're totally fine with that. And, and somebody sees a clip of something, they're like, that's sped that's up, possible. right? That's possible. That's, they sped that's that up, possible. right? Right, yeah. You know, or something. And like, I don't know. That's that's that's, a, that's another limit. That's why going back to the self-imposed limitation. Yeah, you're already creating a barrier, and uh, and it, it, that barrier then gets met with all the reasons to justify why you have that that barrier, and then it turns sometimes it turns into anger, or mm-hmm. ridiculousness, or somebody makes a, a big mistake in doing or saying something that they end up regretting, sort of in the in the long run that they mm-hmm. can't take back or walk back from, or it takes, you know, sorry, an entire lifetime to, you know, undo or walk around or yes, or apologize for, or, or whatever. So yeah, I, I, so much, so many nuggets in this one, man, I think for people coming up and, you know, for just to, to share the experience of somebody that's coming out of something and into the next thing, most, a lot of the conversations I have with people, they've already done that. Yeah. Right. And that's how we got connected. Um, or people that are maybe thinking about it, haven't gone through their journey, like you're smack dab in the middle of that part of the journey. And uh, I think there's a lot of things people can take away from it. I think there's a lot of perspective there. And, you know, you touched on a couple of really important parts, just about taking care of the important things and your mental health, your family, balancing things, taking a deep breath, acknowledging what's really going on. But taking the time to process was one of the other things, sorry, that came up for me you know, when somebody tells you that's really refreshing, you know, or I really appreciate the way you handle this. I have a tough time with that too. Yeah. Like just kind of like, and that sounds weird, you know, it does. thank you. Thank you. That's, I, I overdo that word all the time because I, I don't know what to do with that at the time, but then I walk away and I process yeah. it. And, uh, you know, I, I try to really think about that and they'll lead it with like, Hey, no homo, but yeah. you know, whatever. I'm not just, you know, and it's like, Sometimes I had somebody, I did something with Joe the other, you know, the other day, just a, a last minute Instagram live. And it was, there was a reason that was done and it was over some shock factor posts and stuff like that. And then we started talking, we didn't script it beforehand. We didn't even say like, and somebody hit me. I was like, we knew what that was about, but you didn't, you guys didn't trash that person or those people. <laughs> we just had that conversation, you know, and, we, else, and yeah. we just talked and we yeah. told our thoughts on something. And right. even in the part of that, like Joe and I, you could kind of tell that Joe and I didn't even. Like, again, the end result is the same, but we had a different approach to it, you know, yeah. and that was cool. And somebody hit me up and was like, hey, man, that was refreshing. And like, you're quick to smile. And I'm like, grown man just told me I'm refreshing and quick to smile, right. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, how do I handle that? It's a positive thing. Though. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's it's interesting. And th- those are the, n- the new things to me. 
I'm not used to that, right? Like uh, on that side. So, well, um, just keep enjoying that, man. Just keep yeah, figuring man. it out. I mean, I, I I can't wait to see what's going on. I mean, I've already. Let's talk real quick as we wrap this up. You got your first class, like public, like yep. class that's coming up. You're actually decided, which which is awesome for us, California. You actually decided to do in California. Yeah, I had a couple guys uh, that were in Cali. Want to re- reached out and wanted to do a class, and they got one on the books yet. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm just like still figuring this out while I, you know, while I can, I have a paycheck coming. Right. And uh, they're like, well, you're coming to California, and I'm like, okay, what are we doing? He's like, gas gun. I'm like, gas gun in California. Okay, cool. This, Let's this do what it. We got. And he next thing I know, the class is full, and I'm like, shit. <laughs> you know, I'm like, all right, uh, I got a book travel that's on my own and book, you know, figure yes. out the hood. And then it's like, that's, but it's, I find it exciting, you know, and then it turned into, I'm gonna get to see you. I'm gonna come right. out there. It turned into like, it's a two day class, but now I'm going to be there for like 10 days and I'm gonna go attend Joe's class. Tur- because, turns out, yeah, it turns out there's a bunch of other, other guys. Yeah, and it's all in the same space. And I, you know, when I found out about, like, I didn't know Joe had a class the same, like a weekend before that. So I told Joe, I'm like, I apologize, dude. I wasn't trying to encroach your territory. And he's kind of like, what the hell are you talking about, dude? Like, if I could come to your class, I'd make it. And I'm like, well, I'm coming to yours. And he's like, right on, you know, so I'm gonna go to this class and Mark's going to be there. Mark's coming to my class. I tried to let him in for free and he wouldn't, he wouldn't do it. I'm trying to hit all you guys in the same week too, man. Yeah. And so it's, I'm excited about it. Like that's, I've done classes again, like just private stuff, but this, it's my first like time to put my name out there. It's exciting. Uh, yeah, it's super exciting. Dude. I remember the same thing, man. I was trying to trans- kind of transition back out of the big corporate game. You know, I had a lucrative job that was paying me a lot. It was kind of all lined out. Like, here's the schedule. Here's what you do or whatever. And one day I, I knew I couldn't do that anymore for a lot of reasons. And, uh, you know, what does that start with? Well, it starts with calling up your friends, right? It starts with having that first session, and that getting that first client that turns into two, that turns into four, that turns into... It's that's the most exciting time when I look back at kind of kind of that stuff as stressful as it was, and as much as I thought I knew going in that I know now that I really didn't know and all that stuff, it's it is the the best time right to just kind of figure it all out. I'm excited to see you out there. Um, there's you know people in California are privileged to get anything they can get you know on the farm, yeah. so we're behind the wall out there. So you know I appreciate guys coming in from other parts of the country to to share knowledge well it's not that we don't have a bunch of them in california that do that well but there's just you know like the conversation with with joe there's plenty of pie we have a lot of pie california is riddled you know with with uh good red-blooded 211 you know americans that just want to go out there and shoot their guns and so anytime they can they can grab a little knowledge hang out with their buddies and do it you know it's it's a a beautiful range or you know like a where this is going to be is yeah, you showed me a blowing. couple of shots. Yeah, yeah, it's like I've, wow, I've, ne- I've never shot at anything like that before, so it's gonna be great. That place exists, you know, yeah. and I get to get, I get. I'm excited as a student, like I get to teach there. Yeah, that's know? awesome. That's keep that, like keep that part. I think that's what make it keeps it fun until you start looking at it differently. You know, I don't have to do this; I get to do this. Yeah, right. Like I'm, I couldn't do it without the people that follow me or want right. to want to, you know, pay me for their again. It's their time and stuff away from their families, and, right. and I get that. Like, didn't always understand that. And I still don't understand it completely, but I, I respect it and I, I've been there, you know, and that's what, I don't know. That's, that's me. So where do they go to find out more about you, your classes, all that stuff? Um, right now I've got some, 
you know, website stuff coming up and I don't even have a logo, but we're still working oh, on I that. love this part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this, is the, this is the struggle, man. Yeah, this, I'm is, just like, this is the grind whatever. I'm like, yeah. I, I don't know if, if I feel like if the logo is what makes me a successful businessman, then I'm probably like, hey, man. I don't know. Hey, man, but, don't go spending $10,000 on logo design, you know? To, but uh, yeah, it. so uh, Veracity Solutions all together on Instagram, uh, all one word or whatever. Um, and yeah, uh, like I have some personal stuff too, but I, I try to keep the my personal stuff and my business stuff separate. Thank you. That's my, that's my goal. Um, I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, it's not to hide anything. It's just, it's not relevant in my opinion to what I'm trying to do. Like, yeah. cool. Um, and when I step out the door, and for this next chapter, like I, uh, I will use obviously some of that to, for the most more recent stuff as the resume, but like, I don't know, I, I'm going to close that door and, and take off the uniform or whatever. And like, that's cool. Like that's cool. The people that continue to bring that to everything they do and they talk about it and it's a sticker on their truck, but man, I, that's not who I am truly. So like I'll close that door and I'll be excited and happy that I did it for 20 years uh -huh. um, and say that I've, I've hopefully made an impact on at least one person's life during yeah. that time. But, uh, I'm gonna take that off and move on to the next thing. I'm pretty uh, excited for it. I'm excited to watch it happen. And a uh, huge fan. If there's anything I can do to help support you along the way, you know where to find me. Yeah, man, you've done a lot already. We've had a lot of good conversations. Well, thanks brother. Appreciate you. Yeah, man. Thanks. Thank you for tuning into this episode of iron sights. If you enjoyed our conversation, you can support our mission by hitting the subscribe button, leaving a review and sharing the podcast with a friend. I'll see you on the next episode.